This episode is made possible by PwC. A robot may not be coming for your job, but competitors are coming for your market share. At PwC, we pair the right tech with the right solutions to help you gain a competitive edge. Reimagine operations from the cloud, fuel innovation with responsible AI, and detect risks before they become headlines. That's human-led and tech-powered. It's all part of the new equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. Hello and welcome to the radio side of Spaced Out Radio tonight. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears as we await Bill WD-40 to come on into the chat room and lube us up for tonight's show. Yeah, there he is. Start lubing, Bill. Start lubing. I chillgasm. And uh, for our radio side, Ananda Bozeman is our guest tonight. We're getting into some cosmology and aliens. Find out what all this is about. Oh, yeah. You got some aliens? I got some aliens. We want aliens. That's what we want. God, I love the aliens. That's all good stuff right there. All right. Super Chat is open. Don't forget, we got brand new swag up on our store, spacedoutradio.com. We do. And, yes, it all ships to the United States. And around the world, at least most places in the world. Uh, I know there's some troubles with some. I'm trying to figure that out. But don't worry about the flags on the store. Just pick your item and go get it. We do not have ugly swag, people. No ugly swag at our store. You're going to want to wear our stuff. Brandon Blount, nice to see you. Pix, good to have you here. Here we go, everybody. That time of the night to get your horns up. Let's rock. From the mountains of central British Columbia to you listening around the world, this, my friends, is Spaced Out Radio. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. We welcome you to tonight's show on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on Patreon in the Space Travelers Club. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world 10% happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can join us on our website. All right, let's get to it. we got a great show of fun tonight. Ananda Bozeman is here for cosmology, numerology, reflexology. I'm just making up the ologies right now because it's a lot of fun. No, cosmology and alien contact. We're going to have a lot of fun with him, uh, fellow British Columbia guy like myself. So you know it's going to be good. That's I, I can guarantee you it's going to be good. Then in hour number three, Steve Stockton joins us for the uh, Among the Missing seg- segment. From there, we got Courtney Marcassani in for the UFO report. All right, let's have some fun tonight as 
Ananda Bozeman is a visionary, cosmologist, semantic artist, international researcher, and an award-winning musician. The founder of the 432 Hertz popular and electronic music movement during the 1990s. However, it was 34 years ago when he had a near-death experience that completely changed Ananda's life. He had been in contact with numinous ultra-terrestrial golden light beings called Emmanuel. As a teenager, they imparted thousands of pages of living information into him. As a result, Ananda became a detailed and skilled researcher and developed a unique cosmology and semantic art based upon the Emmanuel stream as well as his ultra-terrestrial and extra-temporal intelligence contacts for which he has over 150 witnesses. I got to learn about this stuff. This is going to be good. We're into some serious woo tonight, people. All right, let's say hello to Ananda Bosman. Welcome to Spaced Out Radio for the first time. How are you? Good. It is a great pleasure and honor uh, to be on your show and um, with a fellow person who's summoning the UFO. It was 38 years ago, the near-death experience now. I wow. guess it was an oldest CV. Um, and that led to the ability to to summon UFOs as a as a 15 year old at the time and ha- having these clear series of contacts, landings and various forms of interfaces, as well as mystical uh, experiences um, during the 90s, as they be acted more like my tutors or um, college professors for a contract of about 11 years. Uh, which went until December uh, 2001, there was fine tuning in our contacts and in my ability to um, fine tune the semantic arts. Um, but this was presented also in public. It's 180 witnesses, um, but a beautiful intro. And uh, it's a great honor and pleasure to be on your show. Thank you for having me. Oh, we're, we're so glad you were here. Let us learn a little bit about you. You were a teenager when you had a near-death experience that altered your life completely. What happened there? So I was a BMX champion and I was cycling like 60 miles a day. And this is in Dorset, England, the West Country. Um, And so I would train by cycling up the steepest hill I could find as fast as I could. um, And to pass through the pain barrier, that's easy. The bliss barrier was the trouble, all the endorphins. And and that gets in the way of having a really strong-willed, fast race. So I was going through the bliss barrier and at the top brim of the hill, the chain came off. So I went head over heels. I hit the front right lobe of my head um, and I span out of the body. I was surrounded by a hypersphere, as I call it now, uh, a golden sphere with these golden beings inside. And there were these rays going into my past, other experiences, which I had in the Swiss Alps contact experience and into the future, um, different events that were still to occur, some of which have already occurred. So it was kind of a a hyper-temporal state that was past, present, and the future. Um, Eventually, when I come back, um, I take my bike and myself to the side of the road uh, because the car coming the other way wouldn't see me. It's now dark, um, and I pass out for a while. Then I'm told that to get on the bike, although I'm completely dizzy, and I would go out, but they would ride me. So I would cycle several miles back home. So after having gone to the hospital, having a checkup, et cetera, um, I was completely changed. I knew that um, 
being a teenager was a social act. I had to just get on with what I had to get on with. I'd had another near-death experience when I was 11, and that was kind of a preparation uh, for this one when I was uh, 15. Um, and so from that um, came the UFO, came uh, rapid contacts and mystical experiences. For a period um, when we were 16 and 17, we were doing also out-of-body travel, also something that I call ETIVR, the ET being extra temporal intelligence, um, where you have an avatar of your five uh, somatic uh, system, the five senses, um, and you go into the internet, the hyper-internet of, of these intelligences. Um, having had a lifetime to review the intense contact period um, during the 80s, and then the tutorship during uh, the 90s, um, I've come to several different hypotheses of what is going on uh, with the UFO phenomena and then UFO intelligences. Uh, we can use aliens, but it's much more than that. So we have our superintelligence hypothesis. Um, that's one. And the other is the designer world hypothesis. In 1992, I met a member of the Order of the Golden Fleece, uh, Bard, um, who is a descendant from William Peveril, uh, who is the first sheriff of Nottingham, who is a heraldic bard who knew the secret code. So this was Geoffrey Peveril Pinder, um, who I met in 92. And he showed me that the whole world, um, all the topologies, place names are uh, fractally uh, arranged in regard to each other with great circles, isosceles triangles, um, so that the place names, um, let's say in France or in Europe, uh, reflect the star constellations exactly and these are mirrored again and again and again but on different ratios of pi so i saw many shelves of the whole world mapped that way and that's something you can't undo so for me it's not a hypothesis uh, but what we are doing is bridging um, that information he took a lot of his uh, information with him i have a little bit of it uh, remnants of it and I have another scientist in Europe, but I won't mention his name until he's ready to come out. We maybe do a press conference here, um, who is finding uh, the, the code of the designer world um, in certain literatures. Um, so the Shakespearean code, you have to go to the volumes that are not error corrected, um, because in the model um, of the designer world, there is a superluminal series of universes, which is slowed down through a valve, a cat flap, so to speak, to the speed of light and below and modulated into a world game board that modulates the stars and the topologies and their interarrangements. Um, and that's what he was trained uh, to do and to decode uh, first in, in Great Britain, but he had to flee the, the bardic uh, groups there. Um, he created the International Intermediary Company in Den Haag um, and then for a while was a bard of uh, Queen Juliana as well. Um, so I've seen Designer World, and we've just developed uh, this further. The Designer World is kind of glove-fitting the superintelligence hypothesis. That is, that there is a superintelligence behind uh, the UFO phenomenon, some of the UFO phenomena. There are different things going on. But um, in terms of the context, uh, this is a uh, graphic interface uh, system um, where the UFO is tailor-made to the contactee, the experiencer, or the abductee uh, based on their psyche, based on the crises that they have to go through. These could be negative modules, positive modules, and everything um, in between. Um, and so uh, you have a very clear cut 
UFO that is fresh. Very often you get implants being inserted, but they have a certain timing as well. So I, I think of Dr. Rauni Lukanen uh, Kilda, um, who was quite famous uh, in uh, Finland as a surgeon, first for having um, automatic writing from her aunt. And then in the US, in New Mexico, she had her first UFO sighting with um, Dr. Andrea Puharish. Um, and she became a, a, a regular um, experiencer, I would have to say, um, kind semi-abductee, more experiencer. And she wrote some books on that and became quite famous. Then, unfortunately, I introduced her to mind control. And I think she died because of it, uh, because we, my colleagues and I in, in Copenhagen at the time had been studying Robert Naisland, who was a uh, Swedish uh, victim from SAPO, uh, Swedish intelligence, uh, who received all of these implants and step-by-step -step photographs of some of these implants being removed. We could hold those implants. It's a very real case. Um, and that was a life-changing event for her. So she kind of headed the uh, mind control uh, vault in, in Europe and had many conferences um, and uh, got targeted herself. Uh, but with her, she received um, when she was still when her husband was still there and she lived in Geneva, her husband was working in the UN um, during one experience with the UFO entities, they put in a crescent implant um, into her head and she was uh, left conscious because she's a surgeon. So she was curious how they were doing it. And there were some pieces of the metal that remained on her forehead that they had grafted in. Um, and so she took these and put them in a vial. Um, and it took about a week before she arrived back in Finland to a lab to have them analyzed. But uh, the, uh, like angel hair, these metal fibers had melted. Likewise, a scan of her brain showed there was no longer any implant. So um, that is a temporary reality, a synthesized uh, reality. Um, and there are different time cells that are, that are placed on the the icon, the UFO module, as an interface to something that would blow out our senses were we to experience uh, this superintelligence. Wow. I mean, that's that's quite a, a jump into absolutely everything that you were, have not only experienced, but on the path that you chose. I mean, I mean... Did you believe all of this, or did you just, after your near-death experience, just allow yourself to be guided that way? Um, a bit of both, really. Um, you know, once you've had your hundredth or so UFO sighting and interaction, and you're focusing your heart will on the UFO, and it signals back, uh, landings, um, and other mystical experiences, um, it becomes irreversible. So when I was 16, the, the manifestation of one of the golden light beings, Salvana, um, was another life-changing experience um, coming down at the side and into my central focus of vision, but looking at every single part of me as the creator already. Um, and I had to experience that. It was extremely intense because the parts of oneself that you have kind of siphoned off at school uh, that you think are imperfect were also being seen as perfect, which was extremely intense. So we're being seen as God, as all as God. Um, and so that was another life-changing experience. The communications uh, that occurred uh, with the Emmanuels, the uh, ultra-terrestrials, hyper-terrestrials, omni-terrestrials, initially I call them inter-universals, 
um, and who are a kind of umbrella array of a, a myriads of different intelligences. Um, what would happen as one was overlighted, all the five senses would fuse, um, the personalities would melt, um, and you would go into a super sense of the five senses as one, uh, and you're in a kind of state of bliss from, from head to toe, and then this living information unfolds, these living images, uh, and one beholds it and sees it being neurocybernetically translated into language, um, and there's a part of oneself that well, I've always known this. And then there's the earthly character that says, well, how could I possibly know that? Um, so these kind of things uh, would be occurring. Um, in the 11-year contract, and in the 11-year contract with the UFO intelligences, um, who presented themselves as extratemporals, although if I examine all of their communications, uh, they're a, a bit more than that, from which has emerged the designer world and superintelligence a hypothesis. Um, the communications were uh, through these uh, beams, um, ether beams, um, and um, a different form of uh, adjustment took place. But I had a contract that I could question them, I could call them ethers, um, and the like. Uh, and I did strongly because uh, there were adjustments going on. In retrospect, those were exactly right, what I w required at that point. As you melded your life into this type of living, how do, what was your surroundings like at that point? Because not everybody around you believes you, that you're seeing UFOs, that you're having ultra-terrestrial experiences, that you are becoming more spiritually adept. I mean, how did you deal with the outside world on this? Well, that was pretty well synchronized, so... My mother, as an artist, had uh, dabbled in, in spiritual subjects all her life. In fact, I was a prayer baby uh, for the White Eagle Lodge, the, the Beasley Foundation, uh, the Theosophists, etc. Um, so um, she was surprised, but I said, look, I've come from another planet. That's what I said to her at that point. Um, I, I don't know about that, but that's how I felt it. Um, and I, I said, come on, let's go outside. And I, you know, summoned the UFOs and she saw a dark area where a UFO switches on and um, it went along and uh, either jumps or vanishes or does a flash or zigzags. And there were quite a few of those. And so she got to see quite a lot of that. And she also got the recordings and her husband, too. Um, that, so that's in the 80s, got the, the recordings of the wisdom and, uh, and was studying it. Um, I myself did not really release that because I wanted to test uh, the nuggets, the living image foundry of the Emmanuel. So it took about five years before I started going into the European public. Um, of course, these were everyday experiences to me. So one uh, friend of mine, long-term friend, Klaus uh, Nikolai Nilsson in, in Copenhagen, he said, well, you know, what you're saying is fantastic, but you're, you're speaking about it as if it's normal. Um, but it was uh, to me. So, and then, you know, each of these people I have contact with get their own um, experiences. Um, but um, more recently in the Swiss Alps, in, in this uh, recent phase of our life, we engaged this with science. So, uh, because we don't want this to be a fantastic uh, phenomenon. We have to naturally integrate what is interfacing 
uh, with us. So we did this Dialogues with the Cosmos, which basically took from 1985 our experience with summoning UFOs. And you use a card. I've used up a lot of my cards, so I don't need to see UFOs. Last UFO I saw that was convincing was in Seychelles um, April the 13th with my whole family over the Seychelles Hospital. And the photographs that I took shows that in every single frame, it is a different shape. At the same time, my daughter, my wife and myself, we were seeing different geometries at the same time. Um, so that was interesting. Um, I hadn't seen it in that way before. Uh, I'd seen discs, motherships, spheres, um, vortexia forms, um, many different kinds, um, physicalized uh, or just light. Um, so these multiple geometries at the same time uh, was interesting. And you do have that phenomenon appearing all over the world, which is um, kind of exemplifying a hyper-dimensional geometry. Um, and that was on the anniversary of a contact I had in Norway, April the 13th, 1995, in the Missing Mere uh, Forest there, where um, three of the extratemporals came down in inverted trumpets um, at 2% of what they are. So you could see uh, the, the particles in their uh, body. Um, and the female, Athena, who had been a, a major tutor for me already in the manual phase, um, but continued in the UFO intelligence phase, invited me to step into her. So I stepped into her and I went into this uh, hyperdimensional or multidimensional space and she showed me these uh, paradoxical geometries for me at the time and seven of those, um, but in isosymmetry, so positive and negative, and where they overlap. And she told me that I one day would be modeling that. Um, and indeed, that's what I did in my uh, later life. I started to computer animate interdimensional geometry or isotopic uh, geometry um, into an isohypercube that unites all the platonic solids, but in a dynamic um, manner. So, um, I uh, had media appearances. I did radio already um, in London, in Amsterdam in 1989. Then I started doing uh, Radio Krishna um, in uh, November of 1990. This episode is made possible by PwC. A robot may not be coming for your job, but competitors are coming for your market share. At PwC, we pair the right tech with the right solutions to help you gain a competitive edge. Reimagine operations from the cloud, fuel innovation with responsible AI, and detect risks before they become headlines. That's human-led and tech-powered. It's all part of The New Equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. This episode is made possible by PwC. When unprecedented times are all the time, it's time to start walking the talk. Leaders like you turn to PwC to see and stay ahead. Upskill your workforce, use intelligent automation, and transform big ideas into breakthrough outcomes. Explore the human-led, tech-powered solutions that help you thrive. It's all part of The New Equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. Copenhagen, um, and because the Emanuels had communicated certain things about aliens, as we say, aliens is a very wide, open uh, topic. Um, it can mean many things for many people, um, but it was disturbing. And I came across a kilo of documentation. Um, I started to research this, and this led me then for three years to um, 
prepare this book, The Alien Presence, The Evidence for Government Contact with Alien Life Forms, which I uh, published in 1993. It's uh, almost 500 pages, lots of documents. Um, so we went into that aspect, um, did press conferences um, in Copenhagen called JFK and the Alien Presence. Um, I was 21 years old. I just turned 21. It was January 1991. We had um, managed to engage 75 journalists. So it was a was a good event, um, and we presented coherently. Um, and every paper that was published was fairly congruent. Was leaving the question open. The the television uh, clip was. It took three days. It became a short nine o'clock news piece uh, by Meta Hager. Um, I have uploaded that um, some years ago. So um, there was that aspect too. And this began really then the, the, the semantic artist. So really uh, taking all of those living images and those experiences into deep research in a myriad of different branches, whether it be Egypt, Sumeria, um, whether it be geometry, sacred mathematics, uh, numerology was already uh, engaged in a contact we had in 1986 in the Swiss Alps. Wow. So you, you went fully deep into this to learn. This became full-on life experience. Absolutely. Wow. And it continues to this day. Now, um, during the 90s, when we had the fine-tuning, um, the Emanuels withdrew in terms of information which was a good thing because they would have been otherwise uh, breast milk and I would have been breastfeeding forever. Um, and they said, now you have to learn to get there yourself. Right. And this is, and this is gradually what then started to occur using one's anthropic sentience uh, to get living ideas um, and then uh, clothing them in facts in various branches of, of various compartment, compartments of um, information well, when we return on Spaced Out Radio for the second half hour, we're going to find out who the Emanuels are. What kind of aliens are they? Where are they from? What is their message? A very important part to Ananda Bozeman's story tonight on the mighty SOR. Yes, get your tinfoil ready because the aliens are coming in the next half hour on Spaced Out Radio. Hi, Dry Toast. How you doing? That was a strong first half hour, my friend. Okay. Mac Geek, how are you? You having fun so far, Ananda? Oh, yeah, yeah. Good. Um, through the Ethernet one, attunes to some of the participants. So. Beautiful. Tune away, my man. Tune away. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. I think so. You have a great audience you've built up. Because you started with this in 2013, right? Now, 2014, we started the show. I see. Yeah. Yes. So you've built up uh, 
awake, aware audience over uh, with their, each of their unique uh, qualities, I can imagine. Well, we, we, we've generated an audience that understands that uh, we believe everybody. I've never stood in your shoes. You've never stood in mine. Therefore, who am I to tell you that your experiences are not what you, are, are not what you experienced, right? We try and have a very open vision of what we are doing on this show. Yes, indeed. That that's a wonderful trait, indeed. Mm. And you're doing it with journalism, so that's fabulous. Trying. Trying. Mm-hmm. We're getting somewhere. Yeah, you are. Mm-hmm. So it's working, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and you're also going on to um, Solid State Radio as well. Yes. And that's um, U.S. as well as um, B.C.? Uh, actually, I don't have any stations in B.C. I have one in hmm. uh, near Toronto and seven in the U.S. Oh, very good. Excellent. We're hoping to change that soon, though. Mm-hmm. Hoping to change it soon. <clears throat> How's that? Oh, I'm in talks with a company right now. <laughs> I see. Yeah. It will be announced when it's done. Exactly. Fingers crossed. Yes. Sounds good, then. Mm-hmm. Hello, I am not a monster. Who else is joining us here? Driftwood, how you doing? Thank you to Louie Times 2 and T-Bone. Hi, Superdower. For the Super Chats tonight, it's a wonderful way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis, so thank you. Also, I want to remind you, hi CS, that you can shop at our Spaced Out Radio store. We do not have ugly swag, people. We got stuff you want to wear. You're not going to be ashamed of wearing our stuff. It's not lawn mowing type of shirts or painting the house types of shirts and clothing. It's not flea market wearing types of shirts, although you could do that. So go check it out. We got some new designs up there. We got a disclosure for dollars, UFOs, UAP, know the difference. We got spaced out radio socks. Got some new hats out. Yeah. Lots of good stuff. Lots of good stuff out there. All right, we got about 40 seconds.
right. Uh, what else can we say? 20 seconds to go here. Yeah. We're having a good night. Hi, human Carl. How you doing, buddy? All right, everybody, here we go. Second half hour, Space Out Radio is now underway. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. Reminder to all of you that if you've missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do me the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and you can join us on Patreon in the Space Travelers Club. We continue on with Ananda Bozeman, cosmologist, ufologist, alien contactee. We're going to get right into it right now. Ananda, welcome back. You had a connection with a group that you call the Emmanuels. I've never heard of this group before. Tell us who they are, what they look like. Yeah. Um, so the Emmanuel's very tall, golden light, but it's a whole light. So this is a, a light that contains universes. It's a, a, a cybernetic light, so to speak. Um, well, in the communications, Manu Emmanuel was one of the uh, characters. Salvana Emmanuel was another, for uh, example. Uh, in my 32nd year, I started looking at the Rig Veda, which has non-human authorship. So the Anacromanus uh, appendices um, describe which non-human authors um, wrote which hymn of the 432,000-syllable Rig Veda. Um, and um, my- Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Anu, uh, Emmanuel, we could identify in the DNA of the communications um, and in the hymns uh, of Rig Veda. Um, the Manu um, in the proto-Vedic, not Hindu, um, pre-Hindu, uh, which the Rig Veda is, is part of, it, it doesn't have the reincarnation law, it has a concurrent hyper-temporal uh, incarnational uh, concept. Through the original 
uh, or DNA of what we call the one body of Christ, the word in the book of John. So the book of John is really derived from the hymn of the Godhead, which is in book 10 of Rig Veda, um, and it is hymn 90. Um, and so that describes this uh, cosmic anthropos, this cosmic intelligence that incarnates in um, the universe, the uh, Bra uh, Brati Brahmanda, the multiverse, myriads of multiverses, uh, and the omniverse, the Maha uh, Brahmanda, as it's later called. Um, and each of these uh, emanations and incarnations in all of these myriads of worlds of the omniverse is the contemplation, the meditation on what is the all one maker. That is neither existence nor non-existence, um, beholding all. Um, and so there's a lot of reels in that. But the, the Manu are described to be administrators of the universe, the multiverse, and the omniverse. So they are inter-universals. Um, they also hold the uh, archetypal template for whole races of beings. So um, on our website, on anandabosman.com, um, you can download a PDF, which is called the 432,000 uh, man-like races, the Manusa, um, which goes into that uh, code. What's interesting is that the Rig Veda um, shows that the 432,000 syllables are also modeled to the anatomy uh, of our body, um, later to be understood as the, um, the spinal uh, cord and the rexad, which is linked to 432,000 dopamine neurons in the uh, central brain, um, which also produces co the continuum of the five sens sensorial apparatus. So the 432,000 man-like races are also cross-modeled to the 432,000 uh, dopamine neurons governing the spinal cord to 432,000 different anatomical features. So this has been mapped out uh, beautifully. So in, in that sense, these aliens, as some would say, we do not personally subscribe anymore to any extraterrestrial uh, hypothesis. This is something much greater. Uh, there are different phenomena, of course, taking place, as you said, discerning between a UAP and a a UFO, per example, uh, with all of the technology that goes back from a long time. One of the, the things that um, was related is that we're in a um, dumbed-down civilization. We're amidst a super-civilization, but this world is very much like the film uh, The Village, where the villagers are not allowed to leave uh, the forest because of certain monsters, etc. Um, that's very much the retro world that uh, we are in partly uh, in part within that's the desi the designer world but the designer world is not simulation theory it, it's much more um active than that this, it is uh, you can log on to it uh, but you can log on to it with coherence in mind and heart so when the heart coherence peaks in compassion at eight cycles per second. It also entrains the brain at eight cycles per second, and the heart magnetism produces the golden proportion from the uh, seven toroidal magnetic fields that are uh, in every heartbeat um, generated by the seven layers of heart muscle, which have seven tilt angles, the seven tilt angles of the tetrahedron. And in a normal heartbeat, you're producing a rainbow. 
Um, but when you are in coherence, the seven angles uh, carry each other in coherence in the golden proportion. That is the logon. It's also in Hestal, and I um, had a UFO contact in Norway during the, the perfect conjunction with Galactic Center for our particular time. Next time is 2222 AD. Um, so November 1998, a UFO appeared over where we've made a, a temporal uh, portal with a with a group of, of uh, 64 uh, people in uh, 1996. Um, and the UFO was captured by the weather station there. And so we were in contact with um, um, with the Hestalen Research Project, Dr. Erling, Erling there from the, um, the Hestalen Research Project, um, which I mentioned in my Montreal uh, presentation, the second uh, academic symposium on ufology, um, as it is proper, um, which was peer-reviewed. Um, so we uh, mentioned th that work. And I asked Erling in 1998, as we were speaking, um, have you ever detected eight cycles per second before the UFO appears? Then the UFO appears, takes on plasma, and eventually t takes on rare earth elements like scandium, um, will uh, travel at 30,000 kilometers, then go 180 degrees the opposite way. The scientists will shine a laser on it. It will sh uh, flash back the same amount as the laser had flashed. And he said, well, Ananda, as a matter of fact, every time the Hestalen light phenomenon uh, appears, we get um, eight uh, or 7.4 to 7.8 hertz. So he was going on the Schumann resonance. The ideal is eight cycles per second because the whole universe, 90% of the universe is, is hydrogen. And the hydrogen atom has a single electron and proton whose phase velocity difference in their velocities is an equation of eight cycles per second. So that's kind of the universal tempering, as we've called it in our musicological uh, theory, of which 432 hertz is one component. Um, we can go into that later. So um, the Manu um, are the hyper template, the Emmanuel's hyper template uh, for these various forms of embodiment in different world systems. Wow, that is that is quite deep. And in, in, in where you're going with these these beings, the Emmanuels. Now, are they earthly beings? Are they spiritual beings? Are they from off planet, different dimension? Um, they are interdimensional, so they're able to modulate um, into different dimensional modules um, and are interuniversal. So they're not locked into a dimensionality. They can adjust themselves. But they relay actually each being is eventually able to do that. Um, so we also focused uh, because we had experiences where we disappeared and uh, people didn't see us. That happened with UFOs, but it also happened with the Emmanuels. So um, in 1988, uh, Charlotte Dahmer, my mother, I went to um, Chetnall Hill in uh, the Dorset uh, Downs, um, and I had established a portal there with the UFOs, which would form grid systems. The beams would come through me and go into the ground. So as I stood in, in that uh, portal, which had been going to uh, weekly, um, and I was dedicating the time and space with uh, deep heart will uh, in the love of God, um, forgetting myself, Charlotte uh, described afterwards that I was then electric blue, um, then uh, particles, and then um, patches of blue, and then it, I disappeared. 
Um, what I remember is I went into this vacuum system, uh, which is quite dark, uh, but there are uh, nexus, there are nodes uh, of, of spheres, and they are linked together as an as a Ethernet. Um, and then I come back, um, you make your altered ego and all, all the rest of it, and she again saw the blue form, my mother as well, um, and then I took on uh, my body form. Um, I've had quite a few experiences like that, so I know the reality that we have been presented through schools and universities, um, an education system and social spin, um, it, it's not exactly like that. In my later years, of course, I discovered hadronic mechanics. Um, 22 years ago, I was introduced to this brand new physics. Um, and um, this is an, a, a physics that has been obscured, but it's in the applied sciences. It basically has the solution for all the uh, uh, nuclear waste being turned into clean energies. It, it produces a, a gas called magna gas uh, that can be put into gas injection system. And it simply makes that by simulating lightning because it is a brand new mathematics. It's a brand new physics. It unifies the whole history of mathematics. Um, it is the applied sciences. So it deals with the internal problem of physics as well as the external problem. Um, and it has come to a point of macroscopic irreversibility and microscopic irreversibility um, and the continuum between them. Um, so these uh, irreversibilities uh, demonstrate, again, the universal ether without the ethereal wind that the Michelson-Morley experiment was trying to find for the speed of Earth. They threw away all of ether physics, but you just have to get rid of the ether wind. Um, and so it's practical. It produces a lot of technologies, scientists all over the world, but cosmologically, it's fundamentally extraordinary. It's basically identified that there is a total entanglement of all space, and there is a complementary total entanglement of all time, which implies there is a super intelligence that has calculated all past, present, and future uh, moments. Um, and it also describes matter in a completely different way to how uh, we have been conditioned. So there is a field called intermediary. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu slash visit. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Controlled nuclear fusion, um, which happens at body temperature with 100 PSI, which is the pressure we have on the skin. Uh, water is a superior uh, for, uh, media for that, and that's 72% of our body. Um, and the lightning simulator, the plasma arc flow, what it does is it takes the Heisenberg uncertainty principle where you don't know where the electron is exactly around the atom um, and it turns it into a lemniscate where two electrons 
are uh, coupled together uh, without any valency bonding, and that's called an isoelectron, and whole clusters of them become magnacles, and magna gas is uh, it's on the Nasdaq. So, you know, it, it's actually the, the generators, the company, magnagas.com, is, this is all real, but it's a brand new a series of chemicals. And, and it appears that we are also made of these iso superconductors at body temperature. Um, furthermore, um, hypermagnacles have been described in a brand new branch called hypergenetics. So in the classical uh, sciences, um, Dr. Chris Illert, who's a hadronic uh, scientist in this brand spanking new physics that deals with the um, the uncertainties, uh, the inconsistencies of quantum theory, which have been there since 1934, um, and which uh, Einstein, Rosen, um, and Co. Uh, pointed to, um, Podolsky um, and the wormhole um, physics, uh, that quantum mechanics cannot describe what is in the atom. Because in the atom, uh, as you go to the nuclear uh, core, you have anything but a vacuum. And the way special relativity looks at point particles, quanta particles, it has to be in a vacuum. But you've got the most dense material in the heart of the atom. And each of the hadrons that, that compose the nuclear core have wave packets that overlap. And we know the density because of you know nuclear fusion, the hydrogen bomb and nuclear fission, the atomic bomb. Um, so uh, this... Uh, region, which is called the hyperdense medium, the hadronic horizon, has a different laws of physics, and hadronic mechanics has made that. There is a total entanglement uh, in a um, in a toroid that, of infinite recursion. It basically links or entangles with every other heart of every other atom, and this is the universal substrate of the ether. Um, so this is very similar to the Emmanuel communications on the all oneness. It's not just a oneness. There's the all, which represents the eternity or the emptiness, the immaculate emptiness, uh, which the Buddhists call sunyata. And in Rigveda, is sunyateya. Um, and then there is ananta, which is infinite oneness, um, infinite bliss. And the two are indivisibly co-present as all one, all oneness. Um, and this is the foundation of uh, our world, uh, world systems, uh, multiverse, uh, omniverse. Um, omniverse and uh, multiverse is not dealt with hadronic mechanics. It only deals with the mechanics that are um, observable and testable and being turned into technology. So this changes the perspective of who we are. Um, and so I'm interested in intermediate controlled nuclear fusion because I think that's what occurred uh, and occurs rapidly as one is re-digitalized with the UFO, the subatomic particles, the, the hadrons, etc., are digital. Um, so as one is re-digitalized, and this was a regular experience, the experiencer experience during the 80s where at night you go into the ships, very hard to remember, but you practice dream yoga and you bring some back. And I was observed by uh, my mother's husband, Jeff Sedgwick, uh, to fall onto the bed. He just walked into the room. I was falling back into the, to the bed. Um, also, when I was having a ETI VR experience with a green skin being called Krona in 1989, at that point, over our 
Greystone House in Yetminster, England, a uh, black uh, um, plectrum-like uh, triangle UFO was flying over this, the, these kind of uh, correlations between the inner and the and the outer. So by intermediate controlled nuclear fusion, you get a phenomenon very similar to what you have in Tibetan Buddhism, uh, where uh, you have the Tibetan Book of the Dead practiced when you die and the body shrinks up. And in some observations, uh, leaves nothing behind. It can become very small, a few centimeters, it can become a foot. Um, but there are several uh, observed um, instances, one in 1998, where all of the body goes into the greater rainbow body in, into the diamond body. But the woman who wrote the Tibetan Book of the Dead, she's a contact, Yeshi Chokshel, she had contact with Padma Sambhava, who is not human. Um, what Tibetan Buddhists don't realize is actually the teachings of Padma Sambhava are the Rig Veda. Um, and uh, the scholars don't know that. So she wrote the Tibetan Book of the Dead and she practiced it while alive um, by light isolation. Um, and we developed that in 1992, light isolations or darkroom retreats. We cracked open the darkroom secret, which, which causes the pineal gland to produce penilines and DMT and 5-MeO-DMT, which we could say is a genuine endowaska, endogenous ayahuasca, or an, an endosoma. Um, and, Go ahead. And so, yeah, and so... Um, we developed a, a model by which these molecules of the third eye um, with sound harmonics um, and certain techniques unifying all eight opposite poles of the body in eight cycles um, could engage intermediate controlled nuclear fusion while alive. And this is what Yeshi Chokshel did in her 40s. Um, and afterwards, she has these Christ-like powers walking through walls many places at the same time taking bread uh, and duplicating it um, and uh, letting herself age, then regenerate um, and the like. And she's the authoress of the Tibetan Book of the Dead, which was dictated to her or channeled or beheld uh, from Padma Sambhava. So it's actually a manual for the transformation of the body, intermediate controlled nuclear fusion uh, of uh, the body. Um, after we die, um, on the fourth and sixth day, you have stem cells that start becoming active. And this happens on the 14th day as well. Um, perhaps we have not yet fully understood what death is and um, that we can actually utilize that state for a further metamorphosis of the body. I call this biotranshumanism, and uh, this is a great passion of mine. Amanda Bozeman is our guest tonight on Spaced Out Radio. Cosmology. We got three minutes to go before we have to head to a break at the top of the hour. For those of us who are unfamiliar with the work and the dealings of cosmology and how it really intertwines itself throughout the universe and life in general, could you break it down for us? Yeah. Um, so we are um, really based on ontology, which is the science of being. Um, without being, there is nothing. So there's no scientific experiment that can remove being. Um, that's Aristoteles' uh, ontology, although you have uh, in the Proto-Vedic, you have an ontology. And eschatology, which is the study of the uh, ultimate or the utmost, the eschaton. And um, that became the revelation of all is God, not a creator separate from the creation, uh, not this duality that was inserted military style uh, by the Hindu empire, uh, which is another branch of the Babylonian empire 
but we won't get into that kind of politics. Um, although it's um, apparently the, the distant past. The cosmology in that sense is an understanding of the, the cosmos, um, the philosophies, uh, the principles that um, translate axiomatically, um, apply as above, so below, as within, so without, but apply through different fields. So uh, that which is experienced, translated into semantics, uh, translated into biofeedback, translated into art, um, through myriads of, of different fields. So that is a, a cosmological uh, back set that basically, as a semantic artist, we take all fields, and each field is like a palais, uh, color palais, from which you make your paintings of understanding. And through the Emmanuel process, the expansions that occurred in the living image foundries, um, we could find ourselves going into myriads of different fields uh, and rapidly decoding them. So um, instead of having this inter compartmentalization that, that creates these barriers between these different scholarly uh, topics. I have to also admit that um, in my immediate uh, surroundings in the 80s, I had met two mentors, Sir George Trevelyan, who was knighted for poetry by the Queen, and Nigel Blair, who was an English teacher at Oxford. So I had Cambridge and Oxford teachers who also made me aware of the higher spiritual English. Um, and it appeared that the way that the syntax was coming through via the Emmanuels, how it was translated was this higher spiritual English. And uh, so I would say, well, look, does integrate mean something that's between the greats, between the grids, uh, but unifies them? And so you've got all these Oxford dictionaries lying there and we could look it up at the etymology and, and you'd find that the Emmanuel syntax uh, was indeed based on this spiritual English, um, which was really developed by Sir Francis Bacon, uh, who was uh, somewhat of a contactee of himself um, and who was trained in the semantic arts uh, by Dr. John Dee uh, from the age of four um, and who is one of the Shakespeare conspirators who added 10,000 words to the British language to make it Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Neurocybernetic. You based it on the Satipata Brahmana, which is a beautiful binomial mathematical embedded system. Um, only NASA Ames only found that Sanskrit had an embedded neurosemantic network. Ananda Bozeman is our guest tonight on Space Down Radio. We are getting schooled tonight. I love it. This is what we do. This is why we learn. There's a lot more to life than what we see 
Beyond the Picket Fences. Spaced Out Radio continues right after this. Stay tuned. Great job so far tonight, man. All right, thank you. Um, I didn't say at the beginning, I like to say this is non-dogmatic. These are non-dogmatic explorations, of course. Of we course. Might speak, we might speak in certainties, but um, that doesn't mean it is so. All right. Uh, I'm going to take a quick break. I'm going to put you back in the green room. I'll be right back, okay? <clears throat>
Welcome back, everybody. Moody Mongol, how you doing? And Ah, Philip Acker, Dave doesn't hate you. Just wants to wash your mouth out with soap every now and again. Paul Koloski, how are you? <clears throat> All right, let's say hello. Hi, Operation Shotdown. Al Garay over on Twitch. How you doing, buddy? Got to get you over here on the YouTube side, man. Let's bring in Ananda. How you doing, buddy? Pretty good, yourself. Right on. We got 20 seconds left. Thank you to Louie times three, T-Bone times two, and Lisa for the great super chats. Hi, Jennifer Patterson. Vlad the Impaler, good to see you. And Ingo Tomasco, welcome to SOR Chat. Thank you for joining us. And here we go in five seconds, everybody. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook Spaced Out Radio Show. Here is our number two of Spaced Out Radio tonight. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America. Digitally on Odyssey Radio, Talk Stream Live at KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do me the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Pactolian. Pactolian is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the Clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the news, wire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and you can join us on Patreon in the Space Travelers Club. Hour two of learning about cosmology, aliens, contact, spirituality, and much more. Ananda Bozeman is here tonight. Thank you, Ananda, for joining us. It's been a great show so far. Can't wait for hour two here. Thank you. Great pleasure. Out of all the things that you have learned, you know, is there a, def- a divine maker? Is there a source that we're all concentrated from? So that kind of cosmology, the, the Emmanuels went into a hyperlinear description. So where all is God, when you, when you have the concept of God is in everything, you have a dualism. And that was one of the problems that was introduced with, with Hinduism. Um, in Rig Veda, all is God. So um, you don't have a creator that is in the Copenhagen loop of infinite reflex, where if there is a creator... Uh, who created the creator of the creator and um, where did the creator create the creation in? Okay, it's the vacuum, but who created the vacuum? 
uh, or the ether, um, if you go that way. Um, and who is the creator of the creator of the creator? So that's the Copenhagen loop of infinite uh, reflex. Um, with this new physics, hadronic uh, uh, mechanics, you get uh, a unification of, of cause and effect. You uh, are able to fractalize um, and in a, in a flat manner called isosolved dual um, the building blocks of, of creation. So you have an isosolved dual flat earth, flat universe, any component is built of these iso uh, components, which you can geometrically uh, visualize, although it is not so static, as two triangles or two tetrahedrons uh, that are base to base. So that's an iso tetrahedron, iso triangle, and it's iso self dual. Um, and that is the flat basis of the building blocks. Then it is fractalized, and that's called the genotopic plane in this new physics. Um, and it is the hypertopic plane that is the macro and micro irreversibility uh, that enables all of these isotopic and fractalized uh, genotopic components uh, to build then the uh, apparent dimensionality that we experience. But there is a um, geometrical defect. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Formation as one goes into the heart of the atom, into the hyper-dense media. Um, according to our uh, global three-dimensional sensorial uh, observation, of, of geometry because it goes into a hyper local um, oneness so and an all oneness um, what has been demonstrated in this new physics is also ufos that are um, anti-material um, they the um, centilli uh, telescope um, has a, a convex and concave lens so it captures antimatter light so you put this side by side with a galileo telescope and so they've captured uh, antimatter galaxies uh, antimatter, uh, cosmic rays, meteors, etc. But when it was aimed in the atmosphere in Florida, um, the surprise was that there were these intelligent UFOs that were either completely made of antimatter, but that, that weren't producing a antimatter to matter reaction, which is a big destruction, uh, but were clearly uh, so intelligently controlled that they could be in matter without disrupting the matter. Um, and there were even UFOs um, that were made of both, that were made out of matter and antimatter, isomateria. Um, so the antimatter universe has its own universal backset of the ether. So this implies the intelligence behind those UFOs now captured with the Centilli telescopes uh, are so advanced because they are beyond just this universe 
and the mirror universe, antimatter universe, and the universal backset ether are both, um, but are the sum intelligence of that has calculated all past, present, and future moments of the total entanglement of our universe and total entanglement of the antimatter time and space universe. So it's again uh, beyond the universe. Um, all is God is deceptively simple. I've written a book about that, um, which is published by filmmaker Param Jill's company. We, we were working together for some years. Um, and All is God kind of uh, explores these concepts. It's deceptively simple uh, by sound, but it's immensely complex. The Emmanuel images in 1999, we put into the unit keys of Emmanuel. The first unit key um, was given when I was 22 in the Swiss Alps, the same place I disappeared when I was one year and seven months when I went into a golden sphere and a search party was um, after me. You, uh, my description of that you can see online at the um, University of Montreal uh, presentation, uh, for example, or the presentation in Rome. Um, so that particular portal above Sion in the, in the Swiss Alps um, had been a catalytic several times in my life. But in 1992, um, I had a three-day contact experience with UFOs coming out of the mountain, jumping over the, uh, the Fepecle Glacier, um, on the Dent Blanche, um, and such things, as well as one of the Emmanuels, Amathea Emmanuel, um, in his uh, holographic uh, vehicle. The holographic vehicle is a self-generated, uh, the field has densified into a holographic uh, form. Um, so there um, I received the first unit key of Emmanuel. I assembled that into the unit keys of Emmanuel, the inter-universal perspective for the unity of diversity. Um, one uh, ad hoc to that could be the uh, perfection of imperfection is our experience, as all is God. Um, so no matter what it is, it boils down to all is God, um, however complex, however simple, and everything um, in between. Um, of course, there is this understanding of a personal absolute and impersonal absolute. And this is the beauty with with Rig Veda, Rig Veda has both at the same time. So this bifurcating branches that were competing with each other, that the absolute is impersonal, it's just oneness, um, or the other, the Krishna people, for example, um, who say, no, it's absolutely personal. Um, both are at the same time in the Godhead Heim of the Rig Veda 1090. What I also found in the Rig Veda as I went into it in my 32nd year was an algebra that was in genetic prose. I took a, a, hundred, a thousand levels of the human genome and um, the Gayatri um, prose by or, or strophe by which the, uh, the letters are woven are 816, like the DNA, and this is embedded and repeated. Um, but it also is an astronomical manual. So this is an absolute fact. Um, Dr. Sabash Kak, the astronomical code of the Rig Veda has demonstrated uh, the exact cycles of our solar system are embedded in the prose of Rig Veda. It's a very uh, profound science. You've got atomic physics in there as well. It appears to be the source of many branches uh, of our cultural uh, wisdoms. Um, and as I said, it's the root of the idea of Christ the Word um, in that Godhead Heim. Um, but it has this one incarnation, uh, past, present, and future, in a multiverse and hyper-universe or omniverse. 
Um, so it is all is God incarnating as all is God in itself, um, and also pretending not to be all is God at the same time. I like how you put the past, present, and future is all running at the same time. Because in reality, we're the only beings that we know of in the universe that actually run on time. Animals don't, plants don't, trees don't, water doesn't, anything in the ocean doesn't. It's just us. So the fact that you, you point out the past, present, and future continues to run equally, does that mean that they are running on different dimensions or on our same timeline? Um, now, this brings me to one of my favorite topics, and I, I started on this, Dr. Chris Illert and conch shell morphologies. So he started to try to model conch shell morphologies, 100,000 uh, different conch shell morphologies on computer. And he found that the, uh, the conventional mathematics, the conch shells would become brittle and fall apart by Euclidean uh, mathematics and geometry. So he started to apply this new mathematics, isotopic and genotopic mathematics, um, and he could demonstrate in the biological sciences, 1990, that even a primitive conch shell morphology at every bifurcation has four arrows of time. That is time flowing in the past forwards and time flowing in the past backwards and time flowing in the future forwards and backwards. These four time arrows are co-present in every bifurcation, uh, demonstrating that primitive life is already time traveling, is based on time travel with trees. Um, at a very high altitude where the uh, inertia uh, pre should prevent the sap from going up because of how high they are, the same principle of the four arrows of time are used. Um, by 1994, they started looking at the DNA, and the DNA is much more complex, has at least eight arrows of time. Or if you take Trondheim University Professor Stein Johansson, 512 dimensions is eight times eight times eight dimensions. This is based on conversations we had in 2001, um, because Andrea, Dr. Andrea Poharich was almost going to 512 dimensions. He demonstrates basically uh, that you can produce all number equations absolutely and completely by these 512 dimensions on a 512 hertz keyboard. Um, a very interesting uh, number, 512 hertz. That's eight times eight times eight hertz. Um, and is also the electromagnetic absorption um, of water, as Dr. Andrea Poharish demonstrated in exciting water or electrolysis of water, where over 72 hours, sterile water started producing the amino acids into complex fractal protein forms by excitation of eight hertz. So uh, the 512 hertz electromagnetic absorption is quite important. And a sideband then appears with a ceiling of 720 hertz and a, a base of 360 hertz, and then 8 hertz increments, uh, of which 432 hertz is the A when the C is 512 hertz. So these 512 dimensional equations are constantly happening in our body because of the microtubules interacting with calcium, with minerals, with enzymes, um, and the DNA, the cells, the different scales, so all number systems are occurring. Even the prime numbers are resolved um, through Dr. Stan Johansson's work, um, which he puts a lot of money in each year to keep his article in academia. He should have won the Nobel Prize. So he's cracked the 512K uh, system. So it implies that for us to be three-dimensional, we are uh, using a 512-dimensional uh, uh, machinery. Um, so that's multidimensional for you. 
Excellent. Let's get some audience questions here because they are starting to build up and uh, they're pretty excited to get an opportunity to chat with you here. And let's start off with a good friend of Eugene here. Uh, He's asking, Ananda, what do you think of spiritual illusions? Well, as reality is a hallucination, uh, color doesn't really exist in the objective universe that even the eyes are are colorblind, and it's the same with the rest of the other four senses. Um, Illusions, some Tibetan Buddhists, like Yeshi Chokshel, she she would take uh, the 108 Soma plants as part of her more advanced practice, having done loads of meditation practice and other practices. The 108 plants would amplify illusions. Um, And so she would counterbalance this, like she would have uh, poisons, and their antidotes to get even deeper into her psychic organism and bioorganism, so she becomes more and more superconscious um, within her uh, psychic organism and bioorganism. So yes, there's lots of illusions. And um, when I went to Denmark, I went to these Melchizedek groups there. I was invited there, and you sit down in these circles, and you know you so-called travel out of your body. Um, it was nothing like the Emmanuel experience. It was a, a not self-luminated conscious light. It's more like holograms. And you find yourself on these space platforms, and there you meet Sananda, there you meet Saint Germain, and everyone in the group sees the same things. But at one point I said, this is completely fake. So I, I decided, well, look, Sananda's wanting me to get into this room that's pink and teach me about this life and that life in Sirius or some other uh system um and i said well this is like a tape recording so i'm going to imagine i've got a fast forward uh, button like on a vhs tape and i did that and sped him up um then when we came back and we talked about our experiences uh, aneta was uh, describing that she saw me with sananda and that there had been a disruption of things um and that's all she could say and but for me that was a basically that's i see that as a quarantine system so yes there is a a quarantine system that protects our integral genetic code we have no free will genetically unless we're in coherence uh, equivalent coherence to the system itself or greater and when we apply congruent coherence compassion in the heart and sustain it with heart will with anthropic sentience then we start to be able to co-create. And that has been demonstrated over 24 years by Dr. Glenn of the HeartMath Institute and Dr. McCrady. Um, so where focus is on samples of DNA, fluorescence is done, a reading is done of it. Then the pilot focuses on the DNA and asks it, or, or heart wills it to coil. The heart is measured, there is coherence being measured, peaks of eight hertz, the golden proportion, um, etc. So it's uh, demonstrated to be a biological a coherence. And uh, the more recent research, which also include the research of Dr. Ventura, uh, very, very promising, um, had the pilot at half a mile distance produce three different effects on the DNA, uncoiling, coiling, and a change in the middle instantaneously, indicating that compassionate love um, is a non-linear time machine, that it is able to produce three genetic changes at the same time by sustained uh, coherence. Uh, the, the research that uh, Dr. Ventura was going to do was trying to now teleport 
um, stem cell DNA into uh, the sample. Um, so this kind of research has uh, uh, been academically uh, done, has been written, has been, been repeated uh, now for quite a while. So in terms of illusions, eight cycles per second cancels static. It is the maximum connectivity in all the dendrites of the brain, 10 to the power of 12 bits of information, rather than 10 to the power of four bits of information in a beta rhythm. Um, so it phase cancels. It's an equal uh, phase cancellation that produces phase coherence, the binomial equation that is uh, 2, 4, 8, 16, 32, 64, 128, 256, 512, the binomial uh, sequence of the C uh, tone. Uh, it also then produces the golden proportion, which is then a 12-tone music uh, cone as well. And that's, that's a big subject matter um, unto itself. So uh, illusion or static uh, can be cancelled. But when we step into this logging into the designer world, um, we are becoming genetic co-creators. And the same research has been done on random number generators. I'm sure some of your guests have covered that um, on, on this show, where sustained coherence, uh, when then focused on measured and then focused on the random number generators, they produce a non-random outcome. So this becomes reality co-creation. The, uh, the, the matrix that is maintaining the quarantine is making sure that we uh, only log in when we are utilizing the most congruent, coherent states. Ananda Boseman is our guest tonight on Spaced Out Radio. We're going to get one more question in here. So we've got about three and a half minutes. And uh, let's go over to Anne. What do you think CERN is really up to? So I, I had quite a few of my contacts in the mountains above CERN, uh, for instance, with uh, Yolanda Esquiardo in November 1991. Athena's ship came, landed in the forest behind. Um, as we were walking over the Vuash forest in the dark, uh, we heard a voice of a thousand cascading waterfalls, a holographic series of nodes, uh, Athena's voice. And it, it kind of acted like a, a dreamlike, uh, inducing a dreamlike uh, state. Um, and the Emmanuels gave a whole uh, communication about the, the portal that is at CERN because uh, Maria Shelley, who wrote Frankenstein, uh, she tried to use that portal before CERN with Lord Byron. Um, the trouble was they interpreted from Paracelsus the sacrament to be more morphium. Um, and that is, of course, doing nothing. Um, and Joseph of Arimathea, who went on to Valais in, in um, Switzerland, to mine for gold, um, and it's a very high energy system in Bovis units, as Dr. Merch Blanche has measured with her technological Bovis meter, um, higher than the Great Pyramid and other sacred uh, zones. Um, Joseph Arimathea first went to Lake Geneva and to those uh, catacombs before going on to Sion, as it's now called, Sidon before. Um, and uh, did the mining before he went on to England, where he got the Glastonbury Zodiac given to him, 12 islands given tax-free by King Averigus, in which he made councils of 12 on each of the islands, councils of 144, and he made the tunnel systems in um, and started mining as well as engaged in the alchemical Stargate practices. The Glastonbury Zodiac matches um, the heavens um, in their morphology. This happens all over uh, uh, the world. 
So um, in that sense, um, there is already a portal by Lake Geneva. Um, it's just that where you have the greatest good, you've got the greatest bad, but we've got to find that golden middle way. The 666, we've been pointing out that since the 1990s in our intensive workshop seminars in Europe, um, the cyclotronic uh, system, which is 666, with Alice traveling out of her body, seven bodies, um, which is a large ionic collider experiment, Project Alice, Alice in Wonderland. Pinder um, was uh, working with a woman who was in CERN um, and basically what they understood is that the CERN experiments produces cyclotronic resonance. And there was a period um, in the 80s where Pepsi-Cola and Coca-Cola um, added two components to certain batches of their drinks, um, which I think was uh, laurentium and boron, which becomes the radioactive californium under cyclotronic resonance, um, which then produces uh, an aggressive effect, which could be modulated. And so this cyclotronic resonance uh, system of CERN um, appears to be uh, what is going on there. The new physics, spankingly new physics of hadronic mechanics, uh, can quickly demonstrate with 20,000 euros that much of the science of CERN is fake. Um, but there is a scientific obscurism. There's uh, millions and millions and millions of euro being channeled through uh, like a laundry machine concern. So a great deal of it is, 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 um, is pseudo science. <laughs> wow. Your brain is blowing my mind right now. And, uh, and I can't believe we have just half an hour left with you on spaced out radio tonight. My name is Dave Scott. Amanda Bozeman is our guest. We look into the stars, the cosmology of it all. But we continue on Spaced Out Radio right after this. Stay tuned. Dude, you are amazing. You are amazing. It's our work. It's our work. Mm hmm. Well, you're blowing the mind here of a lot of our listeners. Blowing the mind. We'll try and get in uh, all the questions that I have for you. Dogman Great. UK, yeah. good morning. And, yeah, people are pumped up about you, my friend. Pumped up. D. Swiger, nice to see you return after about a year. Much love to you, my friend. Hope you're doing well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're blowing minds tonight, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just some of the comments <laughs> from our audience tonight. Yeah. Wow. They're loving you. Loving you. <clears throat> Great people out there. 
I like this comment from Moody Mungle. I come back and we're already at physics equals 666. Damn, this guy works fast. Is he trying to give me nightmares when I sleep next? <laughs> oh, man. Amazing. I love it when my audience connects, man. <clears throat> yeah. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, there's, um, there's this global scaling experiment that wants to be linked to CERN. I know we're off air, uh, but some people will get this um, on YouTube. Um, and the global scaling experiment wants to have CERN power it up. And it uses um, different scales, uh, including the binomial sequence, to transmit information through the Earth uh, grid. Um, now, if one were to think a bit further and think about Mark of the Beast and, and such things and other nanotechnology relate relatives, um, then, yeah, we're kind of looking at the physics of uh, 666, although it is a, basically it is six, uh, uh, it's carbon, six electrons, six protons, six neutrons. Right on. Right on. Who is your mentors and teachers in this? Um, well, as I said, um, in terms of guiding me with the with the English, Sir George Trevelyan and Nigel Blair from Oxford and Cambridge. With uh, Nigel, he had a very big library of, of, of different uh, UFOs, Bigfoot, uh, spiritualities, all kinds of things. So when I came back with an experience, he said, oh, yeah, yeah, that's quite normal. Um, here's a book you can look at where people have undergone that. And, and I think that was very sobering because there are lots of traps uh, initially, where you you can go and think, oh, well, I must be special, uh, which is a complete entrapment. Um, so um, in that sense, that was a diffusing of that uh, that principle that often becomes a flaw, a defect that um, propagates um, in these fields. Um, but our, our main teachers were the Emmanuel. We, that's where we learned so much. And then to discover that what they taught um, and transmitted and was recorded 10,000 pages at least uh, during our teens is also the cosmology of Rig Veda um, in our 32nd year. Um, and then we could compare uh, the DNA of both. Um, that became quite uh, profound in that sense for me, because at that point I was thinking, well, you know, 
in a way I'm quite eccentric <laughs> with these ideas. So, you know, it seems somewhat removed from society, but then discovering the Emmanuel cosmology and their names as part of the authors of, of Rig Veda, um, as well as uh, the Devakasha, which are the, the gods of um, mediating space um, and many others. Um, and this book is then the foundation of most of the fields of, of the world from astronomy, atomic physics, mm -hmm. um, cosmology um meant that i couldn't hold such an illusion then, that this is eccentric all right we got about 20 seconds here <clears throat> big thank you to t-bone times two louis times three lisa for the super chats we are going to continue with audience uh, questions when we return head to our website spacedoutradio.com we do not have ugly swag at our store no ugly swag there, so go get yours today. Here we go. We pass the halfway point of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Thank you for joining us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. Reminder to all of you that if you miss portions of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do me the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the news wire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at spaced out radio. Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and you can join us on Patreon in the Space Travelers Club. We have them till the top of the hour. Ananda Bozeman is here. We're taking your questions on cosmology, the universe, life in general. Let's start off with Shell here, who is asking Ananda, does the veil exist in this new physics? Hmm. Um, of course, the definition of the veil would need to be defined in, in this exact question, but roughly speaking, yeah. Um, the fundamental particles are seen as oscillations of the ether, and the ether is infinitely rigid and is totally entangled, so it's totally one. Um, and so an electron, when you reduce it, it to, um, it requires a reduction to zero for you to uh, have the, uh, the, the complete reduction of the electron implying that it is universal. Of course, Dr. David uh, Bohm in the 50s at Los Alamos National Labs found that in a high charge metals, all the electrons appeared as if they were uh, known where each of the others were, um, as if they are one electron. We call this the all is God electron. So you've got a, a fish tank he would describe and you would have uh, a fish therein and you would have six cameras, uh, which is filming the fish and you would have six monitors. Uh, one fish making six fishes. He described that with the uh, electrons. So um, putting together Dr. David Bohm, who would have loved hadronic physics because it makes his implicate order uh, totally objective. Um, and so taking David Bohm's work with the hadronic mechanics, uh, you've got a single electron universe, but the electron is an oscillation of ether. The proton is an oscillation of ether. Um, and since the uh, hadronic reactors are producing neutrons for the U.S. military to uh, 
uh, to detect shielded nuclear weapons on ships, um, and that, that's being used um, officially. Um, this is done by the fusion of the electron and the proton to make the neutrons of, in the hydrogen atom. And the um, resulting energy quality of the neutron is two, I think, two to the power, you know, two point um, eight seven mega electron volts. So it has, it is not the sum of the proton of the electron. This in two thousand six was the first detection of the etherino, which is the um, longitudinal amplification of the ether, which imbibes, endows uh, the unique extra energy and quality. Uh, to the neutron. Uh, this is the first fundamental particle that cannot be reduced to three dimensions. So etherino physics is very, very exciting. So a veil in that sense, between the hyperdense media in the heart of the atom, where the hadrons are an infinite recursion uh, of entanglement, and then the uh, electrons in a metal uh, that become then quantum again, um, we are a combination of these uh, isoelectrons as well as our nails and inanimate cells uh, being more in a quantum or quantifiable state of classical uh, physics. Yet the electron is still an oscillation of the ether and there is no motion of electrons in this physics. There are just different oscillations, changing oscillations of the ether, the universal backset of uh, the universe. So there is a perspective veil. It's a matter of uh, perspective. Unifying oneself to one's unified core uh, is then uh, deveiling, so to speak, the veil. All right, let's move on here. Let's go to Angie in Australia. Ananda, have you ever seen blue beings with the Emmanuel beings? Yeah, well, what happens is that um, the electric blue is the grounding aspect through which the, uh, the gold, the, the cybernetic living light, uh, whole light uh, beings emerge. So uh, the, the blue is a, is a transduction. They are complementary. And, of course, uh, blue spheres, uh, they might start as a small blue sphere, uh, grow larger, um, and that acts as a portal. Okay. Let's go to Pixie Lara. How can we communicate and learn from the Emmanuel beings? Kind of the what they instill is um, that we have this integral, innate uh, divine syntax in ourselves, in our own being, in our ontological foundation. Um, what one learns is basically there is a state of uh, compassion, sustained coherence, um, the senses are fused together when there is this overlight. Um, and it was basically a seven-year period only. Um, I didn't become addicted to it. Um, they made sure I didn't get addicted to it. Um, and I'm very glad for that. I had the experience, but then they conveyed, uh, learn to get there yourself. Um, so the Einstein imaging technique is uh, developed by Einstein. He took two stones in his hands, and he would imagine that Intelligence in this universe, whether ultra-terrestrial, hyper-terrestrial, extemporal, extraterrestrial, whatever, any one of those, uh, would be using consciousness um, as the means of communication. And in fact, in hadronic physics, etherino physics, um, the etherino uh, is the uh, internet of the whole universe, which links past, present, and future as a highway. Um, 
And so he would imagine having that contact uh, with his five senses. So he would taste the reality, would smell it, see it, feel it, um, etc. Um, and then he would speak it. Um, and Dr. Reinhardt uh, did a study with mentally handicapped patients. He chose 30 of them, but only 17 could learn the technique because of their disabilities. Um, and he measured their brains as well. So 17 patents were made by these 17 patients um, because they were uh, inquiring with this inner contact uh, for technologies. So they made 17 patents and all 17 patents passed the US patent office. And of course, the judges there are physicists. So they were work accepted as working devices. What he measured in the brain waves was that all eight poles of the brain were linked in eight hertz when the culmination by speaking the sensory fusional contact is engaged. Uh, you suspend all critical analysis so that you have the maximum neurocybernetics and then you analyze it afterwards. Um, and that's the importance of being open as this radio show is uh, representing in its persona. Excellent answer. Let's go back to Shell here. Is there a logical, reasonable explanation for magic within this new physics? Yeah, the word magic comes from the Sanskrit magiyama, which means the golden middle way, um, which is neither the black or the white, because that's the game board. Anything good must have its opposite bad, or it's done by the, the, the three uh, qualities, destructive, governing, and uh, positive. Uh, constructive. So, um, but yet they are a triangle within the what is called the Ankara, which can also be seen as the Manu Gala Yantra. So it's triangles within triangles within triangles that are dynamic binomially. Um, but if you focus on one, then it will engage the other as well as the, the governing one. The golden middle way goes to the foundation of, let's say, all is God, the, the divine foundation that is the buried treasure of the so-called mystery of ourselves and, and of creation. So in that sense, it's um, recognizing there is a superintelligence, uh, and that superintelligence uh, has calculated all past, present, and future moments. When we log into the designer world, we ourselves become co-creators with that all is God or with that super um, intelligence. So that becomes a golden middle way, Magayama. So um, this is different to black and white magic. Um, this is harnessing and logging into the designer world from a macro irreversibility, micro irreversibility in the continuum between them via compassion and congruent consciousness. Okay, let's continue on with Eugene here. Can you explain the eight cycles spin inside of the atom? Um, well, that is um, on our website. The exact equation uh, is there that Dr. Puharish uh, utilized. He worked uh, on triple blind studies with eight hertz for two years. 2,000 people participated. 27 organic diseases were reversed in those triple blind studies uh, with his Tesla uh, watch device, which had a pulse of eight cycles per second. All right. Let us move on. Let's go to Shell again. What are the four arrows beside the, besides those mentioned? You mean what is time? Sure. Yeah, so in, in that sense, this is being observed as 
the backwards flow of time to the complementary forwards uh, of time, um, which is often analyzed by Newton. Now, well, of course, we know that um, pseudosciences were also massaged through Newton and, and other Jesuit-related uh, uh, areas of uh, influence of our society. Um, but this uh, is being described in the as a hyper-temporal um, index uh, to every bifurcation. So as the shell is bifurcating, is, is growing, it has the presence of the future and the presence of the past, both backwards and forwards, co-present with it. And that is demonstrated mathematically for 100,000 conch shell morphologies. Look up Dr. Chris Illert. He's a genius scientist. He's left us. And then he worked with uh, Dr. Santilli. They patented the hadronic space time machines, which would be made out of this uh, matter, the, the magnetical matter of isoelectrons, isosuperconductivity. Um, so hadronic space-time machines have been patented, which means, um, of course, the extratemporals uh, basically relay um, initially that they came from far in the future, but they also opened up the vantage of hypertime, that once you start time traveling, um, you're in the, you become the founders of mankind, of other humanities. Uh, you have no limit to where you hyper-index time because you're using the etherina physics. You're using the universal backset of the ether. So you have a past, present, and future information highway um, and uh, a space-time machine that utilizes that as well. But um, as the Santilli telescope also found antimatter UFOs, and iso-matter UFOs, both matter and antimatter, we're also talking about a superior form of technology that maybe even in 800 years wouldn't be there. However, if we start actually harnessing uh, time travel at some point in the future, um, then our, the, our children might steal the, the time machine and decide to go to Andromeda Galaxy uh, a few thousand years further in time. They have kids and they go back in time to a Milky Way galaxy and uh, to, let's say, a planet like ours, and you just multiply this um, endlessly and you start um, getting a Homo universalis, um, a universal man um, that has indexed time from past, present, and future moments using the backset of the ether, using the etherino physics. The etherino also gives a component to our consciousness. So the most congruent, coherent form of our consciousness is eight cycles per second, all dendrites of the brain. Um, but this comes from the heart of the proton, the magnetic monopole, um, and the etherino moves through that. So the etherino um, is cosmic intelligence represented universally in the, in the ether, and this is what's being utilized. Um, and the four arrows of time, of course, uh, in this primitive conchal morphology is much more complex uh, in a more advanced mammalian uh, life. Um, so Illert and Santilli were, as doctors, were uh, modeling eight arrows of time in the DNA initially, but Dr. Stan Johansson has come up with this eight times eight times eight dimensionality, um, where he uh, is able to produce all numbers exactly and precisely, um, including the prime numbers, which is, he should have the Nobel Prize for that, but uh, that's not how the obscurism of science and pseudoscience works. That's part of the demystification uh, that 
uh, is the quest of each person. All right, let's continue on. Let us go over to uh, Wild James. What about 741 hertz, 851 hertz, or 963 hertz? Yeah, so we are staying on the observations of, of Puharich in our universal tempering. Again, 512 hertz um, for 72 hours of uh, electrolysis of the water tetrahedron um, producing this sideband at 512 hertz, also producing bioluminescence, uh, Dr. Fritz Pops biophotons, which also the DNA releases. And then the amino acid starts forming um, in the sterile water and then into fractal uh, uh, proteins. Um, the sideband, again, you've got a ceiling of 720 hertz and you have got a base floor of 360 hertz and there are eight hertz increments uh, between them. Um, so the numbers that are, are shown there are slightly off to that system because that is an objective observation that is repeatable um, and which is part of the basis of 432 hertz uh, tuning as well. Um, we tend to stick to that, um, but I'm open to any research that have been done with those frequencies. Excellent. All right, let's continue on. Let's go over to President Zadi. Are you familiar with Project Babylon at Jack Parsons' lab? Yeah. Fill us in. Well, that's, I mean, it's really the, it's fairly primitive. I mean, the whole order Templi Oriente uh, was really taking the Mizraim, um uh, Egyptian ritual of um, irregular Freemasonry um, and modulating it, interpreting it, uh, the alchemical stone as sex magic. Um, and that's not what um, Count Cogliastro um, saw it as, nor did Rudolf Steiner, who was head of the uh, um, Mezraim Memphis uh, order. He was 96 degrees, and this is irregular Freemasonry. He was the, the Grand Master uh, until uh, the Anthroposophy uh, was created. So there was a different interpretation. Um, so the uh, Crawley interpretation of, of it, as you know, that the, the stone, the philosopher's stone, the sacrament is sex magic, uh, of course, was worked into uh, Jack Parsons' laboratory, um, as him being a student thereof and having had correspondence. Um, now, Ron Hubbard, um, founder of Scientology, who was part of that, um, had learned, he claims, within naval intelligence, some of the star law, and he did use a lot of Crawley's, Alistair Crawley's, uh, it's Crawley's, not Crow, or uh, you say something else in, in the US, um, but it's Crowley, the lay of the crow. Um, he used the, the notes of Alistair Crawley um, to make Scientology. Now, I know all the degrees in Scientology because I've met members who were with Ron Hubbard in the 70s on his boat. Uh, and we did our darkroom retreats. Uh, and in the darkroom retreats, where you producing endowaska? With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. They describe the uh, OT8, the eighth 
degree operating thetan 8. And it, it's a whole extraterrestrial uh, mythos about implanting stations, etc. It's a very materialistic spirituality. It doesn't deal with um, something beyond cause and effect unifying um, and going superluminal. Um, so the so-called soul is at the speed of light or slower. So it's a mechanistic uh, science like reincarnation is also because the soul then would have to be under the speed of light to be able to so-called reincarnate or possess some other form of biology although the core of biology is an iso or hyper conducting in the new hyper genetic field so nothing can penetrate that unless it is uh, coherent so that cancels it as well so yes the uh, it happened to coincide uh, to some of the UFO phenomena, but the, the UFO has been here a long, long time, and so has the technology. Uh, the um, Rig Veda describes various forms of UFOs. Um, so the uh, Vataratas are the two-wheeled chariots of the Marutas. The Marutas are uh, golden beings that are able to go through the 49 different domains um, that are described. Um, later known as talas and lokas and their permutations, each having their own time flow. Um, so the marutas are having these vataratas, which produces a vortexia, produces a vortex, um, and that is able to modulate through 49 uh, different dimensions. Um, and then there are the vimanas. The vimanas are often described, but the astarakas are another form of UFO. So. Um, in Rig Veda, um, Book 10, Hymn 97, Brahmana Spati goes to the primordial time um, and takes the primordial um, uh, goddesses and then time travels them into earth and implants them into 108 plants, which are to heal the body um, and the psyche, uh, to make man whole, or Purusa, and Purusa is the cosmic godhead. And that was the root of alchemy and of medicine, and uh, that was called the Rasana practice. It was uh, the immortal Agastya, who is in Rig Veda, uh, who produced the Rasana texts, uh, where you produce alchemy from plants, uh, metals, um, consciousness, heat, where you are uh, making the outside like the inside and the inside like the outside. Um, we have very specific data on that from our correspondence uh, with um, the Hermetic Grand Order, non-Masonic, um, during the mid-90s, uh, who got samples of the green lion of alchemy and the red lion of alchemy. Um, they knew the alchemist who was there that had made that green lion. That green lion had basically produced a hadronic reaction. The various plant molecules, the orma, orbitally rearranged monatomic elements, and other minerals had become one macromolecule. And they read the material and there was an infrared signature. They asked the alchemist if they could measure the bioluminescence of his body. And it was the same infrared signature. So the alchemy of many years had made of the matter be transducing the same source that is uh, being transduced by the DNA for the bio uh, hologram. Um, yes. Excellent, excellent. All right, we got two minutes to go. Let's sneak one more question in here. This one comes from Lisa. Can you, Anetta, create or design an art visual, video visual to a Frank Zappa song, guitar of work of Yo Baba? It's not a joke. I want to see the sacred geometry of what it looks like to see the light I feel. 
Well, I guess the iTunes visualizer in, in more early days had components of that. Um, and with Julian sets, with the golden mean and with other equations. So um, if one takes the constants like pi e, phi, Fibonacci, um, and fractal uh, systems, as well as the genotopic uh, grid, um, the ISO unit, the genotopic fractalization of it, um, one starts to get a superior multidimensional uh, animation. But um, that is work up ahead. And the ne next thing that needs to happen is hadronic computing, which is vastly superior to quantum computing. The branch is there, but there's no one actually at present uh, pursuing it. I met with Dr. Santilli in 2020 in Florida as I was filming him with Paramjil's uh, film crew, uh, which will be for our series Mystics when we finish that um, next year or the year after. Um, so the, uh, the um, hadronic computers are going to be interfacing with the ether, with the etherino. Uh, you can have a hadronic space-time fax machine, for example. Uh, very exciting stuff. Um, but we also need to make microscopes like we have with the telescope. We need to make microscopes similar to dark field microscopy that can start to see the isoelectricity, the isoelectrons, the magnetals um, that are in isosuperconductivity composing our world. We didn't have the mathematics before to see that. What a great night with Ananda Bozeman tonight on Space Out Radio, anandabozeman.com. Is his website. We say goodnight to him and we say hello to hour number three of Spaced Out Radio with me, Dave Scott, coming up next. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate you, you taking the time. Great pleasure. That was Great a lot pleasure. of fun. A lot of fun. You're amazing. Thank you. All right. I'm going to let you go here, but well, we're going to do this again. That was so much fun. All right. Take care and en enjoy your you Christmas too. down in uh, the Sunshine Coast. All right. And take, you too. Take care. In the middle of BC. Take care. And to the audience. Good you night. Take care too. Bye. All right. How good was he? I'm going to have to listen to this one again because it's like, wow. I'll be right back.
night. Having fun? We know Shell Ashley is. It wasn't a fart, Derek. Whose birthday is it? Whose birthday? Whose birthday is it? Chrono Trigger, how you doing? Ray's birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Oh, yeah. To you. Happy birthday, dear Ray. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Ray, from all of us at Spaced Out Radio. What's well, D. Swiger's birthday? Well, then it wasn't raised. Happy birthday to you, D. Swagger. Happy birthday to you, D. Swagger. Happy birthday, happy birthday. Happy birthday, D. Swagger. To you, D. Swagger. All right. Thank you to our super chatters. Louie with four. T-Bone with two. Lisa, very much appreciate the love. And here we go. you like to connect with us head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info now back to dave scott and sor here we go with the third and final hour of spaced out radio tonight my name is dave scott very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call earth hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around north america digitally on odyssey radio talk stream live at KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do me the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Pactolian. Pactolian is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the Clam sets a password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website, spacedoutradio.com, we have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on Patreon in the SOR Space Travelers Club. It is that time of the night where we say hello to Steve Stockton from Among the Missing and another spooky story. Hello, friends. Welcome to Among the Missing YouTube channel on Spaced Out Radio. I'm Steve Stockton, and I'm about to take you on an unbelievable journey of people just like you. Their stories and encounters will haunt us on Among the Missing. The listener writes, Hey there, Steve and listeners. So happy that you're doing these listener stories again. I really miss them. 
gather around because I've got a wild tale from the 80s that'll give you the heebie-jeebies. It was me and my buddies, Jake and Brent, on a summer night in Alabama, headed to this haunted battlefield we'd heard about. I ain't one to buy into all this ghost hype, but this night, well, it was something else. We set up camp, cracked open some cold ones, and laughed off the eerie vibes. But then, it was like the woods started talking. Whispers like old soldiers chatting about war. At first, we thought maybe it was just the wind, but deep down, we knew better. Suddenly, a chill hit us, and we heard what sounded like distant drums, slow and mournful. We followed them to what must have been the battlefield center where moonlight danced on ancient gnarled trees. And there they were, ghostly soldiers marching with a weight of sorrow in their eyes. One guy in a gray uniform gave me what appeared to be a spectral salute. It was like they were lost, just like us. The drums hit their peak, and then, poof, the soldiers vanished, leaving us in the quiet aftermath surrounded by the echoes of a long-gone war. We stumbled back to camp in a daze, packed up just as dawn was breaking, and hightailed it out of there. But that haunted night, it stuck in my head like a catchy tune that you just can't shake. So, there it is. My brush with ghostly soldiers in the 1980s. Did we really cross paths with the past? Who knows? Anyway, keep those lights on and catch you on the creepy flip side. Thanks again. Signed, George. Hey, Steve. Love the show and thought I'd toss my hat into the ring with a wild story that still gives me the chills. So, back in college, I had this totally bizarre run-in with a UFO. Yeah, I know, it sounds crazy, but hear me out. It was crisp fall night, and I'm strolling back to my dorm after a late-night library sesh. Everything's chill until I spot this weird light in the sky. At first, I'm thinking, oh, it's just a plane doing plane things. But nope, this thing's playing hopscotch up there, zigzagging like it's on a joyride. I stopped dead in my tracks, trying to make sense of the cosmic disco show. The light gets brighter, and I swear the air feels electric or something. My heart's about to beat out of my chest. And here's where it gets fuzzy. I don't know how much time passed, but suddenly, it was gone. The light disappeared faster than I could imagine. I shake my head, try to collect myself, and notice it's completely quiet. No usual night sounds, just silence. I glance at my watch, and it's like I've lost a pretty good chunk of time, like a plot hole in my life story. Next day, I told my friends, expected a, whoa, that's nuts, But instead, I get a laugh track. They blame caffeine and stress. I even hit the books digging into the UFO tales, feeling like a character out of a paranormal TV show. I can't explain it. Was it a caffeine-induced space trip, or did I witness something out of E.T.? I've read up on other folks' stories, and it turns out I'm not alone in this weird cosmic club. I'm not saying it's little green men, But hey, maybe there's more to the night sky than meets the eye. Please keep the spookiness rolling on the podcast. Cheers, your friend, Andy. And thank you to Steve Stockton for coming on in 
and bringing us another spooky story from Among the Missing. If you want more, you can head on over to his YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Among the Missing. Hit subscribe, ring that bell, and we are good to go. All right, from the missing to the mysterious. Filling in for Courtney Marcassani tonight on the UFO Report, we got sweet Robbie G. Nobody's going to know. They're going to know. Sweet Robbie G, I appreciate you coming in from SOR's After Hours on the weekends on our YouTube channel to really start to break through on the YouTube side of things and the radio side of things here. And hopefully very soon we'll have you going off on the podcast side and on the radio side. Give them a nice sweet taste of your dulcet tones talking to UFOs and all weird stuff. How you been doing, buddy? Been doing all right, Dave. How about yourself, man? How about yourself? I am pumped up. I really am. I don't know if you heard the Dave 101 from the other night. Yeah, but I did. I went. I got up early this morning, or the other morning, pardon me, and met with Mark Petroni on Saga 960 and was talking to him about this. And, you know, the more and more I think about this, Rob, and, and you know, we've been talking about it a lot Okay, but the more and more I think about this, the more and more I'm understanding why the Schumer Amendment is getting kicked to the curb. And it does make sense. Usually I scratch my head, my friend, on trying to figure out why the any government does anything. And usually when a government tries to think too much, they usually screw it up. But these Republican five led by Mike Turner and Mitch McConnell. I think they got it right on this one, man. I really, really do. And for those who don't understand what we're talking about, the Schumer Amendment includes a UAP uh, classification change, which means to bring more transparency and understanding to whistleblowers and the evidence that they are providing, as well as bringing more evidence out from the military. And Rob, I know you and I have kind of really knocked knuckles over a, this whole UAP phenomena versus UFO. And I know you don't agree with me, and I'm okay with that because the beautiful part about it is, my man, we're allowed differing opinions. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Indians. Yeah. But, but here's the thing. This is what solidified it. And I, I actually talked to a couple sources about this. Okay, the reason why the Schumer Amendment is going bye-bye has nothing to do with UFOs or aliens or ET contact. It has everything to do with UAPs that are created on American soil 
that they do not want anything to come out about what America currently has technologically. And that's why the amendment is going down. And one of my sources even said, I told you this months ago. Good to see you finally getting it. What's your thoughts on this, my man? Well, I'm glad you asked, Dave. I'm glad you asked because the way I feel about it is I don't feel like this has anything to do with uh, government craft. I really don't. The government has has their own lane for keeping this stuff secret. And within between them and the Congress and the DOD, they have talked behind the scenes and skiffs or what have you to uh, to to talk about these black projects. And I just don't think that that what we're actually seeing are 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 UAP. So I don't think that they're trying to cover up their own but they've been doing this for years. So it doesn't make sense that they would that 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 this is what they're actually doing. I think they're covering up UFOs. They're we're right at the point where we're about to knock on the doors of these contractors and then that's what they're trying to stop. They we don't they don't care about the the black projects because we'll never know about those until they're ready to come out. Even with this amendment, if this amendment were to go through, there would be no extra information leaked about government pro- projects. It would only the focus would only be for Congress to get to those UFOs and where those are being stored. So I don't agree that uh, that this amendment has anything to do with government crap. They've been keeping them secret for years. They'll be keeping them secret going forward. And I'm okay with that part of it because we don't want to know about the black projects. We want to know about the UFOs that they're holding. I agree with you on that. And, and I love the fact that you're agreeing to disagree with me because the idea behind this is this. If we go back in history, okay, back to 1992, when the former head of Lockheed Skunk Works, Ben Rich stated two very ominous things. Number one, we have the technology to get E.T. home again. And number two, that at that time, so we're going back 31 years now, stating that the United States, got, uh, Lockheed Martin, is 50 years, at minimum, 50 years ahead of what the American public sees right now, technologically speaking. Okay. That's a lot of toys. We don't know what they have built or what that timeline is like now. What is it, 100 years maybe? Maybe 150 years ahead of where we are today? And from talking to my source, my one source on this, and I want to I I get this correct here, okay? So just bear with me for a moment. Yep. And I can't. Oh, maybe I can. No, I can't. No, we have a delete on our messages. So, well, those are screwed. But uh, the point that I'm getting at is we have a lot of ability to hide what we are saying. And this source said to me, it's integral, and I'm going to paraphrase here, it's integral that the UAP subject includes UFOs and aliens within it 
because it's an easy escape to hide American technology. Reverse psychology, man. And and the and and to see it playing into the psyche of a person who fully understands that these things are real means that what they're doing is working, Dave. And that's that's the problem that I'm having here is that it this be, continues to muddy the water. So now they've tricked you into believing that this UFO, this push for UFO disclosure, and and like I, I've said before, it's actually government disclosure that it has anything to do with black projects that's the one the one of the problems that i'm having so now the narrative is we're being tricked well i'm not but i feel like you're being tricked into feeling like that that okay this whole push is for uh to because they don't want to release information on these actual black projects when no the whole push is is because they're so close to the point of having to uh face government disclosure that they're pulling out the last stops. And so we can't do, we can't allow ourselves to be diverted off of the path and now feel like, Oh, well, no, this was innocent. Uh, what they're doing is they're just trying to, you know, hold or, or cover up these black projects. There's, there's, we're okay with that. No, we're not because it, even in the end, a lot of these black projects, if they are 50, a hundred years, if they do have the uh, uh, ability to take ET back home, we know that derives from E.T. crafts. We know that derives from crafts that they have recovered and retrieved and are holding in these facilities. And obviously, in some of these cases, and it'll probably be proven later down the line, that they were definitely pulling technology directly from what they've learned on these E.T. crafts and, tr- and implemented that into these black projects. But we cannot let them, we can't... We, to this is it's almost giving in to feel like oh they're just hold they're they're doing something innocent they're just trying to cover up these black projects we shouldn't but they be have pushing been. this because but they, ha- but they have been look at the look at the F117 stealth fighter when mm-hmm. Jim Goodall a good friend of yours and mine one of the top aviation historians in the United States i think we could agree on that Yep. In 1989, him and his buddy were driving through right near Tonopah Air Force Base, which is just over the mountains from Area 51. Mm. And he caught a photo of the F-117, becoming the first civilian to take that photo. Yeah. Okay. Now, I'm going to this is this is important because I'm going to add to this. Okay, a little bit. I'm curious your thoughts. At that point in 1989, the F-117 stealth fighter had been in service since 1981. And most of the time, the majority of that time, was only flying at night. Mm -hmm. So that way people could not see what it looked like, how fast it could go, what technology it had, anything. Okay? Fast forward to when they allegedly retire the aircraft in 2008. Yet over the last few years, they've been seeing the F-117 flying again out of Tonopah Air Force range. Why? Because the pilots who are practicing and testing aircraft out at Area 51 need daytime hours. 
So what they do is they reconfigure the cockpits of these craft that people in the United States already know, which is the F-117, and they reconfigure the cockpits to be whatever the newest in line is that they are testing. So that way these pilots are actually flying the cockpit of a new craft in the body of an old craft. Hence the reason why a retired F-117 is still being seen flying today in the Nevada desert. Mm -hmm. So the question then becomes, what do they have? Do they have squadrons of these new jet fighters like they did for nine years hiding in the mountains of Area 51? What is there? And I find that very intriguing. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I mean, they're definitely developing government craft for sure. There's no doubt about that. We know for sure. We know 100% fact they're definitely developing and testing out new government craft. No doubt about it. No, uh, no question there about that. Now, here's the difference. The difference is, is that a lot of what has built up this movement to where we're at as far as these... Uh, these these military reported sightings of different crafts, along with civilian and commercial airplane uh, reported craft or uh, reporting these crafts. The difference is is when you have a group like Jim Goodall's, who I, who's I've said before is part of the interceptor group, and they've been for years going out and seeking these type of projects out, so they know where to go look. And there's a good chance when they go look, they go find what it is they're looking for. And they still operate to this day. By the way, we'll have Jim Goodall on next Saturday, so it should be fun. But with that being said, yeah, they're going to see these crafts. I, I, I have no doubt about it. They're going to see these government crafts. Jim Goodall and that group have figured out a way to know where to go and, and, and what time of day to see these crafts. And they've had success at doing that. They've been featured on a lot of news programs because they're able to do this. And I don't doubt that that is what they're seeing. But when we talk about these UFOs, because we don't want to confuse UFO and UAP, even though they call them UAP, we know that what a lot of these military pilots are describing are not black projects. So we have to make sure that we, that we don't let them off the hook by just assuming even though someone may have fed you the information, it could be disinformation. So let's make sure that, uh, you know, once again, that, that the information that we stick to um, the common sense facts of this. And I think that that would be that the government would not report on their own craft if they're top secret craft. I think that's number one. Number two is, is that uh, what they are doing in this push to, to have this amendment passed is they're trying to block our access to getting that final answer on where the UFOs are and, and validating that, yes, we are being visited. We're at that final point, and they're pulling out all the guns to stop it from happening. It's obvious. Well, <clears throat> I, I agree they're trying to stop something. I don't agree that it's about UFOs. Okay? And the more and more I look at it and talk to people, the more people are starting to actually believe 
that this has gone way further than little gray dudes with big black eyes coming to introduce themselves on Earth. Now, I'm not saying that isn't an issue, Rob, because it is an issue. You are 100% correct. It is an issue that is going to have to be defined and discussed. I'm not sure what the Tic Tac is. I'm not sure what that that orb inside the box that that has been seen by Ryan Graves on radar, even though it wasn't there in front of his own eyes, but the radar was picking it up. I don't know about that. That could be UFO. It could be UAP. We don't know. But the idea behind that is the five guys who are killing the Schumer Amendment. What we do know is, one, his electoral area is all prescribed around Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. And history shows that Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, from Roswell on, has had a very defined understanding of being one of the secret bases that is heavily used in the United States of America. And that we can confirm. What they're hiding there, we don't know. When we return for the final half hour of Spaced Out Radio and the UFO Report tonight, we're going to continue with the Schumer Amendment. We're going to continue the debate, but we also want audience questions regarding the subject. So if you're in our chat room hanging on out, fire Rob or myself a question, and we will get to it. I know you got questions about UFOs, so help us on out. Put those questions up. We will be right back in the final half hour of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Sweets, what size are you? Uh, what do you mean? You look, you look like a 2XL. Oh, no. Uh, uh, if I want some room in, if I want some room in here, looking like a 3XL at least. Oh, really? At least. At least, yeah. Shoulders are wide, man. Yeah. You handsome. Handsome. <laughs> right yeah, on. yeah. I'm a I'm a I'm a wide guy, man. But yeah, man, yeah, this is I'm glad you brought me in for this, Dave. I really am because I I totally don't want the I I don't want well, you're gonna feel how you feel, but I don't want the narrative to be swayed so much to the side of Hey, this has all been about government craft because Wright Patterson and we'll I guess why well, we can wait for the for the second half. All right. Do you want to in your private chat here put your address in there? Yeah, 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 yeah. And your phone number. You got my phone number, Dave. I know, but then I gotta look it up and all this kind of stuff. All right, let's give the old, uh, yeah, we're going to need, you're going to need some socks. Oh, yeah, I love it. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, I don't, I want that, uh, that Rob G alien head, dude, what's up with that? I got to get that yeah, on there. It didn't, you know what, it wasn't coming through properly. That's wow. the, that's the problem. Let's see. 
color do you want the sweet Robbie G shirt? That dark gray. Dark gray? Charcoal or dark heather? Yeah, charcoal, I believe. All right. Coming on in. The old 3XL. And it depends on how the uh, the T-shirt manufacturer, that's the big part because oh, that, that size can vary. Oh, yeah. I know. Trust me, I know. So make so for shrinkage, go you know, three XL probably be the the lower side. Go do like a four or something like that. Uh, they only have the four or three on that one. Okay, yeah, because it's just a shrinkage. I went and got some shirts that fit skin tight because the the t shirt maker sized them wrong, and yeah. Last thing we want is a skin tight muscle shirt. Well, no, maybe. Maybe that might look good on camera. Mm hmm. All right, buddy. Sending you a couple here. Let me just uh, go like this. And sweet. First name, sweet. Robbie G. Yeah, everybody here knows. They know who it's for. <laughs> All right. All right. California knows how to party. California knows how to party. In the city, city of Compton. <laughs> In the city of L.A. Where's Brown Dorf at? L.A. represent. You're a condor, man. I'm from Northern Cali, though, really, but still California. Yeah, around Dorf. Hey, <laughs> there he is. All right, brother. There you go. All right. Merry Christmas. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. I will represent the brand. Hey, I love the sweet Robbie G shirt, man. Yeah, I like I like particular colors of it. Some of them are like, eh. But I think that, that the one I picked is a good one. The black one is a good one for that. The white one's okay. But it's like it's cause the um the red goes with certain uh Yes. Certain colors as well. Yes. City of Sacramento, Lex Diaz. Hey, that's where I'm from. All right, we got 10 seconds here. Thank you to Louie times four, Lisa, T-Bone times two. Great super chats tonight. Thank you, loves. Everybody loves. Just much loves. Here we go. Questions. Get them in. Here we go with the final half hour of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. 
Reminder to all of you that if you miss most of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do me the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and you can join us on Patreon in the Space Travelers Club. All the way from Bakersfield, California. Joining us tonight, he is a condor among condors. Mr. Robbie G, sweet Robbie G, host of After Hours on our YouTube channel on the Saturday and Sundays. Rob, we got a couple of questions here. From our audience as we continue the UFO report. Was Tim Bits an alien? No, no, Tim. Little Timmy Seedor is real. Very real. I've hung out with him a few times. Great dude. Nothing alien about him. In fact, aliens scare the daylights out of him. So thank you, Lex, for that question. But no, he's not an alien. Shell is asking... I think they keep us closer to 100 years. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Behind actual tech, your thoughts. Rob, you want to take that one first? Yeah, I mean, I can agree with that, especially when you talk about the the weapons and tech race against, you know, between the, the powers that be. For sure, they keep a lot of that secret, and uh, they're probably more advanced as they, than they'd like anyone else to know. Uh, the problem is, I don't believe, uh, you know, I, I think they really already know how to cover that up, and uh, they're not going to let any of that slip through the cracks for people to see for sure. So go ahead, Dave. Well, you know what? I, and I, I think that's a very valid point, as uh, Shell asks a great question here. I, I do believe that they're going to try and push the limits on how far we could go. I mean, there was reports earlier uh, last week that basically said that the United States uh, has allegedly developed a missile or a rocket. I don't know what the difference is, but that's just me not being a tech guru. Okay, but that could travel at 20,000 miles per hour. And just in case... It can hit Russia or China in less than two minutes. That's fast. That is fast. Oh, and by the way, it can also make 90-degree turns at speed. Now, if that is real, holy cow. Okay? Holy cow. Now, I know, going back to my broadcasting school days, the cruise missiles could turn at 90-degree angles. When they had all the reporters stuck in that hotel in Baghdad during the the original Desert Storm, there was reporters out there who actually saw these cruise missiles traveling down the street lines going to hit their target 
okay, and then literally, like they turned their signal on, hung a left or a right to go down another street to collide with their topic or their target, pardon me. So that is what's interesting. It's also come out recently, Rob. I don't know if you heard this, but there was a report on YouTube about the fact that they were about to announce the SR-71's replacement in the SR-72. Now, the weird part about that one for me was the fact that Michael Schratt, who's the underling to Jim Goodall, believes we're more in the SR-74, SR-75 range these days. So is the SR-72 real? Is it Memorex? Is it retired like the 71 and the Aurora program, which was allegedly the 72? What's your thoughts? See, that that's a good question, and, and I'm going to love to ask Jim that question next week. But um, if I just had to give an answer on it, I would think that uh, it, you know, the SR-71 we know was a reconnaissance craft and was used for spying since then and why and the reason why it was, was retired is because uh we had other ways to surveil uh, more substantial ways to surveil and and that tech is obviously uh improved as well the way we su- we surveilled the rest of the world so the question would be is what would it be used for it couldn't be along the same line of counterintelligence surveillance it would have to be outfitted for some other method of of use. And I'm just trying to think of what that would be. Like what what could they what would they outfit it with this time in order for it to be something that would even be useful um today? You know, so it, I don't think it would be have anything to do with surveillance because we're already there. We have, you know, about as good as you can get right now and craft are no longer needed for that. So I don't know what it would be used for if it was a real thing. But but then again, why not? Why why wouldn't it be? I think it's there. It's potentially there, but I just don't see what the use for it would be. Well, I mean, do we need that surveillance, or can it pack? Can it pack a weapon? Okay, now you're talking. Now, if it was out used for a different purpose, then I could see it, but we wouldn't know. I mean, if we're talking about a successor to the SR seventy one, SR seventy one was for surveillance counterintelligence. So a successor to that, it, it, it would you would assume would be some other sort of uh, counterintelligence surveillance sort type of craft. I don't think in that nature that it would be a successor, but it probably, it could be outfitted with weapons. Yeah, and then you'd be a whole nother purpose. So it wouldn't necessarily be the successor at that point. It would be something totally new. But um, yeah, I mean, that's and that's just speculation. The expert on that, Jim Goodall, will... We'll get an answer on that uh, next week for sure. Uh, well, you know what? That's something we're going to have to ask because we got to get to the bottom of the line. If if Michael Schrat is correct, and I wish we could have went down this angle with him the other day when he was on the show, but if he is corrected and that we are believed to be up to the SR-75, there's a whole lot of black ops going on there, my friend, that we have no clue about. Well, look at this. Look at, okay, so if we're going to go down the conventional airplane or, or fighter jet or 
surveillance jet path, then be then we we're definitely not talking about these UAP being or the things they're calling UAP as being successors to any of those programs. So, I mean, just that type of talk alone could kind of separate what we're seeing in these skies from being anything related or anything uh, descended from any of those other crafts. They're not even close. They don't, they, in no shape or way or form, are they related in any way. So I think that further goes into uh, the the points being made that these things that are being seen probably aren't black projects, and uh, they're probably totally separate from uh, anything that they are developing at Lockheed. And, and the other part of that, the Lockheed, just like you talked about with the senators having these connections to these contractors, these contractors are the same ones that are housing ET craft and then also the same ones that are developing government black craft. So, uh, you know, there you, you can see where the confusion would be there. But I think that that at the end of the day, we know it's more it, it would be more. It would be more of a thing for them to be protecting the fact that they are holding these ET craft versus that they are developing new government craft. Because I think that's known across the world that they're definitely doing that. But uh, the thing that's uncertain is, are they or are they not holding ET craft that have been retrieved and recovered? And I think that's the thing that they're protecting and holding. Wow. That could be. That could very much be. All right. Well, you know what? It's something that we are going to have to watch on a daily basis, okay? We don't know if it's connected to the TR-3Bs, which are the black triangles that many people see, which is weird because there seems to be all of these triangle alleys around North America that just seem to have a lot of black triangle appearances, you know, from, from different areas around and I find that extremely, extremely understanding. I want, I want to ask you about this. What do you think is going to come in 2024? There's a lot of people speculating about catastrophic disclosure. You know, there's a lot of people thinking that we are going to uh, have to take the bull by the horns and do it ourselves. Where do you stand on this? Yeah. So here, yeah, great question, actually, because where I stand on that is even though catastrophic disclosure sounds like uh, this super horrific word, um, I I think that's probably going to be the only way that you're going to get the government to disclose. And, and so when I say that, when I say that, I kind of made an example of this the other day. I think there's two different things at play here, right? I think there's a government disclosure, and then I think that there's a humanity disclosure. So I think those are two separate things. So I think when we talk about control disclosure versus catastrophic disclosure, control disclosure is the government being able to disclose at a pace that allows them to, at the end of the day, once they've disclosed it, still be able to maintain their status in the in their power structure as far as it's currently set up. So I believe that's the controlled disclosure. I believe the catastrophic disclosure is more of humanity just breaking through and getting, uh, you know, getting the word out that this is real, whether it's from an ET landing on the ground and in, in, in the middle of everywhere, a massive CE, a coordinated CE5 event where 
you had you had summoners bring you know on live TV bring these craft into existence and show the world. Uh, I think catastrophic is, is is anything that doesn't allow that that doesn't go by the government's plan. So and that could obviously be a thousand different things, but anything that doesn't allow the government to control the narrative, and and in essence, whether it takes ten, twenty, thirty, forty years, keep power at the end of their planned control disclosure Hmm. do you see the any ideas or the people that you're talking to are they having any sort of uh real understanding of how this is going to potentially delay or is it going to be something where we see the resurrection of people like lou elizondo and maybe other whistleblowers coming on out to try and rekindle what we know and what we don't know about this subject matter. So this is what I'm hoping. This is what I'm hoping is happening behind the scenes. I'm deaf. So I'm and 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 I haven't been proven wrong yet, or, or at least it, it appears that way. So the moment that we have a whistleblower and then all the spark dies off of that, announcement or movement just like with Luel's Elizondo once it seemed like we didn't have anything else left we didn't have any more anonymous leaks coming from the government as far as videos being released and then here comes David Grush who breathes a, a brand new life into the movement and and took it actually another step further as far as the type of information that he was bringing to the surface this was definitely levels above what Lou Elizondo did. And at the time Lou Elizondo did what he did, that seemed like a huge, huge thing. But now we had this other person come out and say, no, there are these programs. We know people, we know where they're at. And and I think the next step is for the, someone else to come out and take that further step and say, you know, who knows, this is where they're at. I'll take you there. I, and I think it'll probably end up being a situation where NDAs may have to be broken, but I think when we're, and this is just my view of it, but I think in a situation where we're in a moment where humanity has a chance has a chance to reach a fork in the road where they can go this way or that way, where it's business as usual and we don't really gain anything, we don't get any enlightenment from the the huge moment we're in, or going down this fork in the road where 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 the the ascension of humanity happens without any interference from the government so you know i think whatever happens and whoever that next whistleblower is has to bring you know has to be willing to just put it out on the line and 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 hope that that the rest of humanity fights for their freedom and it has to be one of those situations if we're counting on anything coming from the government or g- disclosure coming from that way is going to have to be someone willing to just drop everything and say, okay, I'm just going to take that risk. Here I come and come out with these photos and, and everything that we need. Hopefully that happens sometime next year, but you know, who's, who's to say, but that's what, that's what we're going to need because as you see with the, with the, uh, in the in the Congress, as they put their foot down and they've drawn this line in the sand, saying we're not going any further than this. This is what they're saying to us right now. We're not allowing you guys to get any further than you have gotten. This is it right here. So deal with it. 
or figure out something else to do. And that's kind of what they're doing. And and if we don't, as individuals, have the power to fight against that, even though they say contact your congressional members and say that you want transparency, we've been doing that for for all of our existence and, and on different issues, and those things haven't been acknowledged or come to light. So what makes you think that this would be something that, that they would take seriously enough for, for, you know, to listen to you on this. I just don't think they would. So I think they're drawing a line in the sand against the rest of humanity right now saying you're getting nothing else and we have to have something up our sleeves. Like I said, we have to have someone from their side say, forget it. I'm, I'm for the future of humanity and step out and say, here's all the information and then put his hands behind his back and stand up as a true hero for humanity. Beautiful statement. As we got about four minutes to go here before we need to say goodnight here on Spaced Out Radio tonight. And my 2024, I think we're going to see this get a lot uglier. Unfortunately, I think we are in the eye of the storm right now because there's a little bit of a calm break before everybody votes on the Defense Act. And we're going to see what happens there. And then you have the Christmas and New Year's break. And then I think in early 2024, coming out of the new year, we're going to see a lot of of debate and 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 disconcern about this topic. Let's remember, this subject, the Schumer Amendment, was bipartisan until the Republican Five decided to squash it. And this is also causing a real divide between Republicans, the younger generation, that wants more transparency on everything and the old group that's been there 30 plus years who has their hands in every cookie jar that they possibly can. And it's going to see who wins on that because if it is about American technology that they're hiding, the Schumer Act's gone. And even the newer guys like like Tim Burchett or Anna Luna or Matt Gates or whoever they're going to change their vote. They're going to swing their support. This is where it's going to get very, very interesting, my man. Very interesting. But I don't think we'll see aliens in 2024. We won't unless I'm organizing a CE5 event. I said this when I forgot who I interviewed the other week, but uh, I, I said that would be a good, I think it was Brian. It was Brian Bowden, actually, who came on. And I said, you know what? He said he can bring these things in. I said, we need to set a date where we have all the people who can do this. We need to bring them all together. We need to set up an event where this can be publicized. It can be shown on TV where, where these crafts are being summoned in in front of the world. And then we bypass any sort of need for government disclosure. Then they have to play at that point. So more to come on that. Yeah, it's going to be more to come. And it's going to be real interesting to see who the players come out of this are. I think 2024, we see Lou Elizondo's book finally get released in late spring. I think that's going to open up a lot of Pandora boxes. I believe that we're going to see a real figuring of speech about UFOs and UAP. What is being covered up? Are there a difference, like I believe, or are they still the same thing that Rob believes? I think that'll be solved in 2024. I think we're going to see 
a lot more positioning on whether or not other amendments or other alphabet agencies are going to come play the game. But I do feel, Rob, that they are governmentally running out of options at this point. You can't keep waiting until December for a new defensive budget in hoping that there's money for UFOs. At some point, it's got to come to a head. Is that what we're seeing now? Only time will tell in 2024, my man. Yeah, yeah. Sadly, I think we're coming up against the end of this battle. And uh, just as far as they, they, this, they, they, the posturing that they have done all these years, I think they're, a lot of that's going out the window and they're kind of just standing their ground saying, look, this is it. You're not getting any further. This isn't going to happen. And we're going to keep fighting. So I don't, it's, it's going to be crazy how this turns out. Yeah, my man. And I want to say a big thank you to you for filling in for um, Courtney Marcassani tonight, who was having technical issues with her computer. Yeah, her Starlink just doesn't seem to want to play ball with her lately. Don't know why. It was working fine before, but now, mm, just makes you go all Marge Simpson. Mm. <laughs> you know, but I appreciate anytime I get a chance to chat with you, my friend, it's always a good night. And I'm gonna get you. Oh, believe me. I couldn't you. wait for you to do this, man. I was I was punching the walls the other day when you were giving your day one on one. I was like, I need to talk to this guy about this right now. I want my opinion to be heard immediately. So so great that you brought me on so I could voice that with you today. Well, so maybe it. maybe you need to start a sweet Robbie G one oh one for your oh, show. Yeah. I thought about and that. And we get yeah. that going there. But for tonight, it ain't gonna happen because we gotta say goodnight <laughs> to everybody out there. We got Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thal rocking in the background with Little Brother is watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio. Rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up for the guitar god himself. Special thanks to everybody listening in at work, at home, in your cars, wherever you may be. Thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight. YouTube, Twitch, LGAB, Facebook, Spreaker, LinkedIn, the Space Travelers Club, and on Twitter, hashtag Spaced Out Radio. Remember, this show is copyrighted by Spaced Out Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us. Because together, my friends, we're watching. We own the night. Mr. Bumblefoot, we need a favor. We need you to take us home. Yes, the Wu Train has got for tonight. But soon, my friends, we shall ride again. Your seats are always available. Your tickets never expire. And if you want to make a friend, we got room for them, too. Good night.